Hey everybody, my name is Paul Hauser. You've seen me in Itania, Black Klansman, Black Bird, a bunch of stuff. And uh, I am on the Below the Belt show. I hope you're watching. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB. This is our fall season premiere for BTB. Uh, I know the fans missed us. We hope you had a great August. Of course, we took about three weeks off as, my God, I definitely needed a goddamn break uh, <laughs> doing the show every week, uh, taking most of August off, guys. Um but I enjoyed myself during our hiatus. I uh, got a decent amount of editing done on the show, but I had to take a step back from the show a little bit too. Uh, went to Chicago, Illinois for a family reunion. Um, I have so many first cousins uh, among um, my mother's eight siblings. So we get together. Um, we decided to get together after my parents' 50th anniversary last year. And decided, heck, let's just do a reunion for us cousins. And we it ended up being a great success. I'm so glad I got to go to Chicago and got to celebrate with my cousins. And you know what? While I was in Chicago, by sheer coincidence, there was a Comic-Con, the Chicago Fan Expo, where um, I'm happy to say we're going to be presenting, that's right, on tonight's show. An exclusive interview with Paul Walter Hauser. That's right. You might know him as um, from his work on Itania, nominated for an Emmy in Blackbird. And of course, he's Stingray, the rat tail dude from Cobra Kai. Uh, Richard mm. Jewell. I mean, the dude has done so much, and um, it's such a great, great get. Um, because a lot of actors are stepping away from promotions due to the strike, but for whatever reason, we made some magic happen at the Chicago Comic-Con, and I talked to Paul Walter Hauser. We talk about Cobra Kai, uh, what to expect in season four, although he couldn't say much. Talked about his experience working on Bupkiss with Pete Davidson. Um, talked about what his favorite fandoms are, and uh, we're going to hear that interview at the end of the program. And at the halfway point of the program, we're going to interview, we're in a pre-recorded interview, and another actress that appeared on Bupkiss, of course, Paul Walter Hauser was in Bupkiss, but from our friends over at Charles Sherman PR, 
Ariel Racine, who plays the sexy porn star in episode one of Bub Kiss, where Pete David Davidson pleasures himself too, and his mom catches him in the act in more than one way. Uh, it's it's better if you watch the episode of Bub Kiss to know what to know what I'm alluding to. Um, but basically, Pete Davidson was taking matters in his own hands with VR goggles and v- watching VR porn, <laughs> and the actress that played the porn star. It's also our uh, featured guest tonight uh, at the halfway point in the program. But nonetheless, it is our fall season premiere. So we had to bring all the uh, amazing uh, components of B2B. And that's, of course, also great guest co-hosts. So let's go ahead and introduce. That's right. First of all, guest co-host from our friends over in That Was Disappointing podcast. He has appeared in B2B uh, as well. And he's also... Jedi Knight. Uh, he is the one and only Kenny Hawkins, Nintendad. Hey, what's up? what's up? What's up? I'm glad to be back on the BTB show. Um, excited yes. to sit with you guys and talk, chat some stuff tonight. Yes, man. So we know you're a huge Star Wars fan, but we have to move things around a little bit, Kenny, and uh, leave Ahsoka for the second half of the show because you're behind. And we don't want to talk about Ahsoka for someone yeah. that is yes. behind because you're still in Rebels. Yep. But yep. nonetheless, <laughs> my 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 co-host extraordinaire uh, and I will handle the Ahsoka talk at the second half. Guys, he is six foot eight and you can't teach that. He is also a Sith Lord, the one and the only Darth Paul Wallace. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> Darth Paul, which rhymes with Darth Maul. Back on BTB here for our summer. Oh, sorry. Summer. Summer's already ending. Our fall. It's fall. Please our fall, It's been too fall, hot. <laughs> fall season premiere here, guys. Um, but um, so I guess since we've been off the air for a little bit, I did mention a little bit about my Chicago trip, which is awesome. And got to attend, of course, the Chicago Fan Expo. Speaking of fandoms, cool. Kenny Hopkins, you got to attend for... The second time, unprecedented second time. Yeah, right. The Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. Most people can't even do it once. And you did yeah. it twice. Experienced <laughs> it. Uh, August is a uh, good month to uh, to do vacations, my friend. Yes, yes, that's right. Even a vacation for BTB. You had a vacation yourself at on the Star Cruiser. What was it like for your second time, Kenny? Well, the second time I didn't have any kids with me, so it was just me and my wife, and uh, you know nice. we uh, we dressed up and um, we we had ourselves a blast. I, I participated in the Sabak tournament and got second place. Second um, place, nice. Yeah. So I mean, it was nice, and like the best part was is like we we had met people like some of the uh, crew members there that were there the first time from the previous year, like recognized us, and we recognized them from the second year. So like you know there was a lot of great inner conversations going on and stuff but um we got the pictures taken again and all that so it was fun man is that the last wow. of it or yeah it ends, is it? it ends september 30th september okay. 30th is it wow why did they go with the new movies instead of the stuff that people actually like yeah like uh there was a lot of discussion about like you know they could do you know all kinds of different eras they could do all kinds of stuff with it but um from what i understand talk just gathering what i can from crew members there and cast members um they're not 
tearing it down. They're not changing it or anything. They're turning oh, it but into did you hear how much money it lost? Hold it on. lost a lot of money. What are they? Yeah, it did lose a lot of money, but what they're going to end up doing is, uh, I think my guess from what I gather is that they're probably just going to end up turning it into a, just a standard kind of hotel experience rather than like a dinner show so that they can get that, they can get revenue on the rooms, but, um, or they just might rip the whole thing down. And I, I, I would break my heart. Well, the hotel, I mean, what was it like $30 million or something like that they lost on it or some crazy amount of money they lost on it. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it's 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 expensive as hell, but boy, it. Well, they uh, said they said like with the, the interactive thing is what cost them the, all the money. Right. So Some I think kind of weird I think they're cutting all that stuff out of it, you know. So like right. you know that the dinner show part of it's going to go away, but the the five star Star Wars hotel resort type thing is going to stay. Um, wow. You know, so well, and I, it'll have the the shuttle to the to the park and all that, you know. Well, I think that's still. See, a like, if idea. I was going to do it, though, shouldn't you? I mean, here's what I would have done. I would have done the original movies, and I would have just made it a hotel. And hey, if every so often, like maybe say like once every like six months, have some kind of show thing, and do it that way, that would be the common sense way to do yeah, it. Yeah, and charge more mm-hmm. for that weekend. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, what I think would be even better is keep the show aspect a part of it, but make it optional, so they can stay at the Star Wars hotel, and if they want to option for the show aspects of the experience, then they can option for that. I think that's the best way they should handle mm-hmm. it. Um, personally, because I think it's it's just an incredible thing for Star Wars fans to experience, myself included, and a lot of it is you know beyond a lot of people's budget. So um, you know, hopefully, um, yeah, they they still decide to keep it as a hotel, and maybe even like you uh, like you said, Paul, maybe make the show maybe a monthly thing or just a spec. Maybe a spectacle that they can bring in once in a while yeah. and just keep it alive because I would still very much like to see see the um the Galactic Star Cruiser. But nonetheless, um that was a celebration just, for your like, birthday. To do Penny? a show for every two like new series they have. Like they have Ahsoka right now, use Ahsoka characters in the new show and then just when you have like Obi Wan do Obi Wan characters in the new show, you know what I mean? Or Boba Fett. It's yeah. like it's so the not, timeline not was, the timeline was focused on the sequel trilogy. So we're talking yeah. um yeah, the Force First Awakens, Order, all that. The Jedi First Order, right? It's pretty much similar to the Rise of the Resistance, um, and the and the Smuggler's Run. I guess they were both, yep. um, in that that timeline. So I guess they they're trying to keep things uniform, and keeping. But that's the I guess, most unpopular timeline. So it's like you should go back and make uh, the, give the fans what they want. It's like you know what I mean. It's like I just don't <laughs> get it. That is an arguable point. Um, I mean. I personally can't say whether the sequel was my favorite, but then again, you have the Mandalorian timeline that's that's very very popular right now too. So, um, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I mean, since it is fantasy, why not just incorporate all the timelines? I mean, I know that wouldn't be consistent, and then some purists would might have a problem with why is Luke Skywalker and Anakin walking around, you know, at the same time, and why? Well, <laughs> I, I, I know tell you. Good- I tell you what, Disney, if you're listening um, and you want to make money off of that property, you call me, okay? Uh, oh, I okay. Help, I will help you figure that out because I've got oh, all wow. kinds of ideas. Okay. <laughs> I've gone twice now. Ideas. Doesn't that make me a pro yes. or something? I don't know. That does make you. I mean, you might have went more than anybody else in the countries went, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I, I, there was people there that I was spoke to that had gone like four or five times and, really? had, wow. and had booked the final. 
That's final crazy. Rooms, wow. Which I'm sure is going to be a ruckus, man. I would love to well, be on that one. Darth Paul and myself have 30 days to decide, nope, it's booked. <laughs> to decide it's already whether booked. we want to go or it's not. It's already fully booked. Oh, fully booked. Wow, dude. That is cray cray. Um, but Kenny, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, now, Darth Paul Wallace, we've been off for a month. Are you uh, glad to be back on BTB Airwaves? Yeah, it's been that's been okay. Yeah, nice break. Yeah. What have you been uh, What have you been up to all month? Just lifting weights and uh, working on the shop. That's pretty much it. There you go. Getting a couple cars. We're on, we're on see, the side. See, the sad thing is that it's like we can't film anything for who knows how long. It's like, yeah, I, I just. That's gonna be a while, I think. That's 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 the thing. That's why news. Is I mean, I don't like, think honestly, I don't think our sex strikes the problem. I think the writer strikes the war, the problem that's gonna last forever because what they want. Yeah. It's like there's no way you can make them happy. There's there's no way they're gonna give them twenty people in each writer's room. There's I, I just can't see it. We do have some demands, but we're gonna get into all that strike stuff, uh, and uh, we'll talk about movie stuff and uh, with the strike there is a surplus in reality television and myself and kenny uh uh towards the end of the first half we'll be talking about our favorite reality television show yes it is my guilty pleasure big brother and what an incredible season that yes. has been as uh as well so uh all right, i mean i hate to break it for you al you know that stuff is scripted i was asked for <laughs> one of those so so they told me the character i had to play and i was like those reality shows are not reality. We'll, 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 we'll discuss scripted. some of that. I don't know. I, I, for, for reason, they may be non-union scripted people, but they're it's still scripted. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a debatable one. I think there's certain shows that heavily focus on that, but I think Big Brother is. Yeah, I, I would um, debate you much, on that one. I think I'm Big not Brother saying that maybe pretty, there isn't you know planted people, but um, there are planted people, but they're already controversial to begin with. Right. That's where the drama comes from. And we're going to talk about that, but let's go ahead and talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. So here's the theme. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. I mean, we've been off a month and, of course, a lot of stuff dropped. But nonetheless, we're focusing on this week, guys. And the box office over the weekend. Wow, Gran Turismo. Just uh, driving past the checkered flag. I haven't seen it, but it's the number one movie just, well, I just saw by a hair. Just by a hair beats Barbie, basically 17.3 to 17.1. Do and you want, me, course, you want of, my view on Gran Turismo? Or? You go ahead, Paul. You're jumping ahead, but go ahead, Paul. What did you think of Gran Turismo? I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, being a driver, I mean, they, they did point stuff out. Like, when you actually, like, drive fast like I do, I mean, they were, like, mentioning how everything seems to slow down faster okay. you go. And that's true because you have to focus more, so you are more hyper-focused on stuff. But, I mean, I think it was a decent film. I think they focused too much on the video game aspect of, like, the gamer becoming a great race car driver. I think they should have done more with the driving and action scenes because i think it kind of dragged on a little bit like i've actually I actually saw people leave the theater because they were kind of getting bored because they were people focusing more on theater. like really people left the theater. i mean as i said near the end it got better but i mean early on it's it's kind of a slow drag because it shows this kid playing video games and his dad's like a soccer 
coach or whatever he wants him to play soccer and um it just kind of focuses more on him than like what leads up to him driving and like they just kind of glance over that and the driving scenes at the end were nice the the graphics and stuff are nice but it's just okay the story just kind of dragged on in the beginning I mean, it's already stretching the realm of possibility by having a gamer behind an actual race car, you know. Well, that, uh, which I, I did look is... something up too. I was kind of seeing if that, like, the one character, like the Hopper character, I forget his uh, favorite Harbor character, was a real mm. guy. It wasn't even a real guy. It was just something that they just kind of like made up for the movie. So, so there were some elements of of a true so, story. So was, the driver was a right. real driver. So apparently, there was a kid that played video game and got into school to become a driver, and he actually is a good driver apparently, but. Okay. But the David Harbour character was completely made up for the film. Right. Okay. So kind of like, you know, in the same vein as the Weird Al Yankovic biopic with uh, mm-hmm. with Daniel Radcliffe, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like in that vein. Yeah. Which, I, I, yeah, I, I, can, I can see it's not completely a true story. But I mean, but... I would give it like maybe, I, would, I don't know, I would give it like maybe a solid C, B plus. I mean, it, C, it was, B plus. They had some okay. good parts and I also had some. It just kind of dragged on near the beginning. So I, I wasn't rushing to see Gran Turismo, but um, of course, uh, with with uh, DC, Marvel, Star Wars being our fandoms, you know, had to go see Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle was only the number one movie for one week, and it's already the number three movie. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Yeah. Did you see? But did you see the movie? Let's yeah, let's talk a little bit about Blue Beetle. So Blue Beetle, um. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. Um, I guess this is kind of considered the DCU's debut, you know, because well, there's no tie-in. Pretty. Well, hold on, hold on, Paul. There's no tie-ins to the original DCEU characters like, you know, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman or Henry Cavill's Superman or Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, so we're introduced to a brand new character, and that seems like it was a smart move to not include, because you know they yeah. did announce that Colomar Duenas Blue Beetle is going to be the first DCU, you know, character brought into uh, the new universe established by James Gunn and Peter Safran. Um, and you know, it's an origin story, and uh, it's a story that's well told. Um, George Lopez was. I think one of the highlights. No, you George um, Lopez did steal a show, didn't he? <laughs> the dude is absolutely hysterical. Um, and, um, you know, it got uh, 78% uh, critics and 92% audience. It was George like Lopez the, playing Tommy Chong, right? Pretty much, you know. He's <laughs> He's got that Tommy Chong character. He's definitely one of the, the, the shining um, stars of the movie. Um, but... You know what? Let's not forget about Jenny Cord, the actress that played Jenny Cord. Woo! Yeah. What oh, yeah, a was. smoke show. Bruna Marquenzine. Um, and uh, as you know, uh, Ted Cord is the original Blue Beetle. And um, if you saw the film and saw the end credits, because they alluded to in the film that Ted Cord had been presumed dead. But there was uh, a message that Ted Cord is still alive. So uh, that'll be very interesting. So you're going to hopefully see the Ted Cord version of Blue Beetle. You're also going to see the Cholo Maradueña version, the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle in um, a future DCU project. You know, I think that's pretty exciting. Um, and, um, you know, it, he, it's a very obscure character. I mean, a Blue Beetle, not a lot of people know yeah. the character that that well, unless you're an avid comic reader. 
Um, but they sh- certainly shined a spotlight um, on this character. And uh, the abilities of this Jaime Reyes, Reyes character is much, much more uh, powerful than the Ted Cord version. Yeah, so, it's, like, uh, it's like Iron Man almost, right? It's Iron very Man Iron with- Man, yeah, yeah. But I loved it. And, um, you know, and then we had like another post credit scene where it was like um, a stop motion animated character called El Chapulin, which is uh, Jaime's uh, crazy uncle, Rudy, George Lopez, um, which he used as part of Jamie and Jenny's plan to break into court industries building. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely worth a look, guys. I would highly recommend Blue Beetle. The fun film. Um, you'd recommend it too, right, Big Paul? You said that yeah, you I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty it. good. I mean, yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I think the problem was Blue Beetle was an obscure character and people don't know what it's about. And and I think them not knowing if it was included in the new DCEU, that kind of confuses people too because it's like so over. Yeah. But but he did mention, like, if you remember, Blue Beetle did mention Superman and Batman. So he, he did acknowledge them. So at least he knows. So. It yeah, wasn't like he mentioned any, the he mentioned the characters, but they didn't show them. So I think that's he didn't really show important. who it was. Uh. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was overall a great film, and of course, I've already mentioned Barbie, the number two movie, um, and uh, just by a hair, just by a hair. I mean, but Bar- Barbie making history, guys, um, now takes the crown away from Super Mario Brothers. I'm sure Nintendo, and Nintendo Dad, Nintendo Dad's. Uh, upset to hear that Barbie is now um, edged I, the domestic. I, I, up. I didn't, the Mario was okay. It was okay, but um, I haven't seen Barbie yet. My wife and uh, all all the girls went out to see Barbie, but um, I opted yeah. to uh, stay home with the boys so that I could uh, so I could see Oppenheimer. So I saw oh, that instead. Go. There you go. Yeah, a lot of people saw Oppenheimer. <laughs> Saw both both Barbie and Oppenheimer the same weekend. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it when it comes available, you know, at home and stuff. When I can watch it yeah. at home, but um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't that. I had one theater option, and Oppenheimer was what I was went with. So, yeah, but yeah, Mar- uh, has Barbie- anybody like um thought of like just meshing some of the movies together, like with clips, like make a Barbenheimer movie? Because I think that would be a good idea. Why don't you edit it, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> clips from the movie i'm sure that you know what i'm I'm sure like the mtv awards will probably do something like they're they're very clever of uh editing existing films and making fun little vignettes out of them but uh but yeah barbie just edged past mario's domestic haul of four five hundred and seventy four point two million um so they just passed that mark so barbie is the highest grossing um this year this year and also Past the one billion milestone globally. That's crazy. Um, which is huge. One Who would have thought, man? I mean, that's just incredible. That's Good crazy. for them. He, only 50 films in history have achieved the one billion global mark. And Barbie did it, dude. Wow. What was the last one? Was it, uh, was it Avatar? The first one? Well, uh, that's among it's among the top fifty. Yeah, Avatar's okay. on there. Um, Super Mario's on there. Um, I guess Endgame would be up there. And Avengers Endgame's on there. Yeah, it, it the list is out there um, for sure. Um, but yeah, that is your number three movie, and of course the fourth and fifth. We're going to mention Oppenheimer, Kenny. That's the fourth film. 
And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, rounds up the top five uh, with six million over its fourth weekend in the office. So I, I just uh, I, I'm not going to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I heard so <laughs> much bad stuff of that. Hmm. Well, I know you don't like. You heard a controversy with the action figure? They made a white action figure of April O'Neil. Wait, wait, hold on now. What about Rachel O'Neil? You didn't hear about April, that? April. Like there's there, there's these action figure five packs, and I guess they came out early and they made the figure white instead of black. So now there's controversy about the action figure. Oh, oh did, no, did they, really? Did they, did they release the action figures to coincide yes. with the movie? Oh, so uh, yeah. The, they got the race wrong. Okay. Well, at least at least for this new iteration of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, I think they did correct it because there's two versions of the same five-pack. But, I mean, there is five-packs out there with a white. Right, uh, right, right. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there was a little bit of, um, you know, as 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 you like to call it, Paul, uh, the woke agenda and some uh, uh, changing of the, the, the characters. But uh, you didn't think that Blue Beetle had any agenda, though, correct? When you told No, me, I don't think it did, because, I mean, you did it have did. characters in the race, but it didn't really push it on you. It was like, hey, it was like more of a family, family story it's about like family. the family sticking together. And, and I think that was good, because it's, it's, it's diversity, but it's not like just throwing it down your throat saying, hey, this, this, this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. And uh, no one, no one really bat- batted an eye for it. And I think that's why the critics yeah. liked it overall, and the audiences liked it overall. But uh, I didn't. Well, I think the, I think the audience had a higher score for Blue Beetle than the critics did. The critics, I don't think, liked it as much. They still, it was pretty high. Seventy-eight percent critics and ninety-two percent audiences mm-hmm. for Blue Beetle. Yeah. But I do and, recommend people seeing it. I, I think it's, as I said, I think just because it's more obscure property mm-hmm. and the DCEU being like so hit or miss i think that's yeah. the other thing like it's i mean i thought it was, was done well i mean it's not like some yeah. of these other it's, it's done better than marvel movies as of late i'll tell you I'll tell you what the director angel manuel soto who shares the same name as me guys as my name you by chance uh, <laughs> he, he's a he's a a i know he's got one t i got two t's but nonetheless uh, he did a phenomenal job and he's already working on his next project with Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa. These are two action stars that I can see working together mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, and it's called The Wrecking Crew. It's a buddy action comedy. And, um, cool. um, you know, obviously with a strike. Are they paying Jason Momoa to get in shape or is it going to be Shark Week, Jason Momoa? Because <laughs> <laughs> he said they have to pay him to get in shape. So <laughs> I guess they will. I guess they will. And you know what? We were off the air when this big news dropped, but um, apparently Gal Gadot at first said there was going to be a Wonder Woman 3 uh, developed by Peter Gunn. Peter Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn and Peter Safran. And then now they're saying not quite, that it's certainly not the case now, and that they are not the only Wonder Woman they're working on is the Par- Paradise Lost prequel series for Max. Um, I think it would just be a lot of confusion. You're trying to reboot a new universe and keeping some of the familiar actors from. Well, the I think the problem was with Wonder Woman, like they were running into this, like apparently Patty Jenkins just was unbearable to work with. She wanted to control every aspect of it. And that, and they kept putting all these drafts throughout that her. It was like six or seven drafts and they kept rejecting every single one of them. It's like, you need to use if they don't like it use other writers to help you you know what i mean i mean i understand you want to have some control but if you can't write right. put a good story together that people want to see it's like you can't do that 
Yeah, this is true. I mean, uh, she got did get some criticisms, but then she knocked it out of the park with the first film. So it's like yeah, but she no, yeah, know. but she didn't write the first film. She contributed. She directed the first film. She didn't write it. She wrote the second okay. film. Okay, so so the the so the she wanted writing. she her writing is not what they needed. I see. I mean, her well, directing was fine. Don't get me wrong, but it's like the writing just yeah. Well, speaking of DC directors, David Ayer, as you know, he directed the first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, apparently, he really feels that um, Hollywood effed him over his original version of Suicide Squad. And I heard the original was a lot darker said, and a lot longer. Exactly. He says at some point he would love to do what, what Zack Snyder did and release a director's cut of um the air uh, they're calling the air cut of a uh, suicide squad and um you know i enjoyed the first suicide yeah. squad you know i, I thought it was uh, okay yeah i mean i think crazy but you know I, th- I think they were trying to make it more pg 13 ish and i think that's where the mistake was because suicide squad should have been a hard r but right. um the other thing is did you hear about like this got leaked uh, apparently they left uh it's not a leak the script for the next two Justice League movies, and it sounds like it's going to be really. It sounded like if it comes out, it'll be really good. If it comes out, he leaked the, the next two. He, he leaked what his plans were for the next movie. Did you read? Did you read? Um, yeah, I read it, and there's also I think they might even have some YouTube videos about it too. And, and it sounds like it's going to be a good story, so you might want to check it out. Uh, part two and part three. Sadly, we're not going to see it unless they want to do an Elseworlds, you know, Justice League. Yeah, but, but, uh, but I mean, it sounds like, I mean, like, I like the his premise of it. I think that, I think it would have been a hit. Yeah. yeah. Could be, could it's be. Like, I, think, I think his his Star Wars universe, which I forget what it's called, and that, that war movie he's doing with the Star it's kind of like a Star Wars thing. Looks like the original Star Wars. It looks sounds like that's going to be pretty good, too. Are we are referring to Rebel Moon? We we're going to get to yes. Rebel Moon a little later. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rebel Moon. He originally pitched as a Star Wars film with original characters and then just kind of rewrote all the Star Wars references out of there and just put it out there as an original yep. you know, franchise, which I think it's a good, good call. I was curious what yep. Ken thought. Did you, you, did you hear about Rebel Moon, Ken? No. About, uh, uh, Zack Snyder has a big sci-fi movie that's going to be dropping on Netflix. And uh, right on. He, he pitched it to Lucasfilm first. Uh, but I guess... Lucasfilm wasn't really ready for any adult, like R-rated Star Wars film, which is kind of what he pitched. Oh, but we're so ready for it. I think we are ready for it, man. But we're so ready for it. Yeah. So he went to Netflix instead and decided just to take all the Star Wars references out and just. So if you watch it, you might you might see. Okay, I can see why where the Star Wars influences are because don't they have swords that light up, but they're not lightsabers? It's still space opera ish, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I do uh, I do uh, want to see this uh, Rebel Moon. I can't wait to see it. But uh, it'd be um, funny if Gina Carano in it too, just to stick at the Star Wars even more. Oh, Gina Carano's in it, who was uh, in The Mandalorian and was asked to leave. And she. Well, did you hear about that? They begged her to come back and she refused. We did? They recently begged her to come back. They recently begged her to come back to do Cara Doom because they think that might get some more like. I press. haven't heard. And, and, and they asked her and they said they gave her a four film deal and she turned them down. I don't know if that's true. I have to read that, it. That's what you. I heard. I, I mean, you can look into it more, but that's that's what I heard. So I feel that once you 
cross that political. I mean, yeah, I think it, I think as I said, I think it would be for publicity's sake only, and I think that yeah. that's what they were trying to do. And uh, it just because they, I heard they reoffered her the role of the what is that 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 group called the Rangers? I mean, they reoffered her that. And they offered her some other series. The um, the, yeah. Yeah, it was something Rangers. Yeah, some some type of Rangers film. Yeah, or series rather. But but, I mean, she was going to have that, and she was going to cross over into some other shit, uh, some other movies and shows. Okay, so she's in Rebel Moon. Okay. But I don't know if she's in Rebel Moon, but I I thought she was. But. Oh, so I thought you said she was in Rebel Moon. (laughs) I thought she was. I mean, she would be great to be in Rebel Moon. Oh, she'd be great in Rebel. I see. Okay, I, I got you now. Um, let's uh, throw out some more movie stuff, um, real quick, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, of course, that's Martin Scorsese's film, apparently decided to make it a big theater release instead of a limited theater release, so, um, initially they wanted to just show it at a few theaters and then drop it on Apple TV, but it's just too big a film, man, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, guys, you know, come on. I mean, yeah, I don't know, I, based on previews, I'm not impressed, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know, I mean, I I think Scorsese. I mean, it has a good cast, but the story is. It seems like it's like a, a first story. Two, well, you know, those two work some magic together. I, I love what Scorsese and. Uh, but you also have De Niro, and Aaron De Niro just kind of like is just De hanging De on right right now. He's not. A, I don't think he he has the acting chops he used to have. He's just kind of like, hey, I'm Robert De Niro. I should be in a movie. <laughs> wow, bold statement by by the controversial Sith Lord. I mean, it's not really controversial. I think most people agree. I mean, it's like, I mean, uh, before before he's done these last couple movies, he did Meet the Fockers. It's like that should be a sign right there. Oh boy, come on. <laughs> um, let's see. So Dune Part Two delayed. It's it's now going to be released March of 2024. Originally supposed to be released later this year. Um, well, people are saying that's a a good thing, even though it's in the can. It's already been shot. You know, that wouldn't affect it. But this will kind of open up Oscar race to to maybe um, focus on Oppenheimer being that that big Oscar film, because if Dune was released in 2024, uh, 2023 rather this year, it would have uh, had some competition. You know, well, they that, said they said the Marvels are like ecstatic now because people want to actually go watch Marvels because that that's supposed to come out the same week, I think. Oh, okay. The Marvels. Yeah. So they say like the Marvels are the ones who are going to benefit from it because before like Dune was going to come out right at, right next to Marvels, and I think it would have yeah. killed Marvels. I'm really looking forward to Dune too. Uh, Kenny, did you watch the first Dune movie? Did you like it? I haven't seen it. No, I want to read the book first. I like to read the books first. Yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic. Well, the, the new movies the have book. more to do with the books. The first movie well has more to do with the director's vision. I think the the one from the '80s. Okay. Because the first, because right. the, the the books are actually long, and the story's actually long. Um, <laughs> but, but but I mean, like the first movie they did in the '80s, they tried to condense stuff to kind of like make it more I don't know stylistic, yeah. I guess. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that one in 2024. Um, Napoleon apparently is 158 minutes, but really Scott said that he has a four and a half hour cut. Uh, if he had his way. He would release a four and a half hour cut of the Napoleon. Well, okay, Ridley Scott should just have a mini Napoleon mini series on like some streaming network then if he wants right. to do that. Yeah, right. If you got that much content, I mean, who? nobody wants to sit there through a four and a half hour long movie. I mean, I'll be honest, Oppenheimer was the fastest three hour movie I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, oh, fast. I don't like so three-hour-long movies. It's too long for me. Pacing was good for Oppenheimer. You would say that yeah. that they actually did a good job. Yeah, well, I, I think so. I mean, better than like the second Endgame movie. Uh, the, like Endgame, like I, the second Avengers movie. That Endgame yeah. was oh, it was you like it was too. too the pacing was horrible. Bit. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting take there. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's throw out a, a couple trailers that you can see right now online uh, about some movies coming up. Include Sony's biblical epic, The Book of Clarence, um, and uh, this stars Lakeith Stanfield, uh, whose portrayal of Clarence as he attempts to be one of the Messiah's apostles. In the trailer, they show him about to walk on water, uh, which definitely shows uh, how godlike he can be. And interestingly enough, another, speaking of religion, a <laughs> faith-based drama with Hilary Swank called Ordinary Angels. Um, there's a trailer out right now. Do you, know what, do you know what? They could actually tie that into, like, what was that movie? The boxing movie? Million Dollar Baby. She could be the angel of the woman who died in Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> right. There you go. Tie those in together. Why not? So she plays a hairdresser who, uh, basically her life uh, as a, a widower. And also dealing with a critically ill daughter um, who needs a liver transplant. Um, so, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of um, drama and a lot of um, sadness, I guess, uh, evolving that film. And then, oh, of course, there's another religious movie. Well, not really. It's called Not Another Church Movie, and it's with Jamie Foxx, and he's set <laughs> to play God in this film. But wait a second. Pretty... I mean, I have a question. Didn't Jamie Foxx have like a stroke or something? Do you think that might have led to that by chance? He he wrapped that film um right before the, the alleged uh, okay. Health, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, it's like, yeah. like, hey, I'm I'm doing a movie called Not Another, <laughs> and now I'm playing God. Yeah, now he's playing God because that's how he was able to uh <laughs> overcome the stroke. You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> he healed for himself. That's what it was. Apparently, interesting. Um, Meg Ryan news um first of all apparently her orgasm scene has been cut from disney in when harry makes sally which i think is absolutely ridiculous and stupid well that is not the most famous scene in the whole movie exactly yeah. absolutely i think it's ridiculous but ironically she also has a movie called what happens later by the same team as when harry met sally and it's her and david the coveney as former lovers getting a second chance after 20 years so I was like, okay, that's interesting um, that she's, you know, in these, you know, romantic comedies and she's yeah. 60 plus years old. And I guess there's still, you know, she's still, she's an icon, you know, for these romantic yeah. comedies. So I guess you can still do the romantic comedies into your 60s, I guess. I don't know. Uh, 60 people, 60 well, year olds want to watch that. romantic comedies. That's true. Yeah. And who, and who, well, the who problem is they don't want to have any new talent. That's what it is. <laughs> it's like think about it. Our action star is The Rock, and he's he's probably approaching sixty. Am I right? He's got to be close. I think he's fifty-one or something. And I don't think he's that but, old. But still, he's supposed to be the young and upcoming action star. It's like our other action stars are <laughs> Stallone and and Schwarzenegger, and they're like right. in their seventies or eighties. All right, here's so a we don't really... have any young action stars anymore. If you think about it. That's true. Oh man, dude, this this trailer is really crazy. Um, talk about a twisted thriller. It's called Cat Person. Basically, a guy 
tries to woo a younger woman and says he's a cat person. And apparently when they hook up, she sees that he has no cats. And then she accuses him of lying. And then after that, he ends up stalking her all over the place, like crazy stalking. And it just gets really, really dark. Um, See, see, I didn't see that, but when you talked about that, I thought it was a person who was transitioning into a cat. (laughs) You know they have litter boxes in schools up here right now, which I think is the strangest thing. That's that's all. That's so. so When you said cat person, that's what I was assuming that he was, and that's why. Like the strange, like the the brownie, the bronies rather, and like uh, those kind of people. Yeah, just odd things. Um, it's a really cool trailer, uh, this thriller. So check it out if you can. Um, also, um, Emerald Fennel's a new film. It's a follow-up to her last film, Promising Young Woman. It's called Saltburn. It stars Barry Keoghan and Jacob Elordi from um, Euphoria. Um, and um, yeah, this this uh, particular trailer is 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 pretty pretty. Um, Pretty pretty cool. I would highly recommend checking this out as well if you get a chance. Um, all right, this trailer is definitely worth a che- uh, checking out. It's called Foe, uh, starring uh, Paul Mescal and Sarsha Ronin. Gosh, her, her name is uh, always challenging to pronounce. Sarsha Ronin. It's very Irish. But it's actually based on a book of the same name by author Ian Reid. Set in the year 2065. Wow. And uh, it's about a pair of farmers who live in a secluded piece of land. And then a stranger shows up on their doorstep with a proposal and basically says that the, uh, one of the, the Mescal's character is offered to live among the stars, but his wife is not. And because they're in love, they'll create a robot clone of himself to keep his wife company. Wow. That's pretty that crazy. Weird. That is a weird <laughs> mood. Yeah, of course, with the advancement of AI, um, I could see this. Uh, and as uh, long as AI is not acting for us or writing it on any of our movies, it's okay. Exactly. Maybe AI did write that movie. Come to think of it, I mean, maybe that makes sense. Exactly. They're trying Paul. to soften us up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, basically, this brings off to the strike, really, uh, because uh, oh wait, Venice you've got will- a, you've got one of the like uh, trailers. Which we didn't mention Expendables 4. I haven't mentioned Expendables 4. Did that trailer just drop? Yeah, so the those looks pretty good. It looks really good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are uh I mean it's a typical expendables movie, but I mean to me it looks yeah. good. I mean And you know what? I never got into the Expendables movie. I know that I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for that. You're gonna have to watch did you watch did you watch them yet or no? They get better uh, every I, time. I, no, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the Expendables movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you know. Watch the first. Watch them. I think the first two are better. The third one's kind of like, eh. But the, this one looks good. Okay. Um. But um, our last movie thing before we move into uh, a special topic, <laughs> Big Brother, uh, is uh, the Venice Film Festival. So as you know, a lot of these fall film festivals are going to be affected by the strike because, as you know. Actors are not allowed to promote their um, films if, if, if it falls under the category of struck work. Um, for, for whatever re- reason, and I don't know how, um, they're making a, 
they're making an exception for um Ferrari movie starring Adam Driver, Penelope Cruz, and Shailene Woodley. Um, I think it's because it's for, I think anything filmed out of the country you're allowed to do. I think that's that what it is. Because yeah, yeah, I heard that's that, why I heard some studios moving stuff overseas to like London and stuff to film it there because it doesn't affect us in this country. I guess. Right. I so basically, it's what, kind of a cop out, but I think that's what they're doing. That is that's a a little bit of cop out, one would call it, but uh, apparently that particular film finished under an interim waiver um, as an indie productions that was not produced by AMPTP. So mm-hmm. maybe it had to do with them being overseas and then the producers yeah. were, were, were not a part of AMPTP and they were able to somehow get Adam Driver and the cast to attend this Venice Film Festival because for the most part, they can't get any of the cast nope. you know, um, to promote their films. And this is pretty much for all the film festivals. In fact, uh, Selena Gomez. That's not in the U.S. If they, I guess, if the film, like maybe it was like the Southwest Film Festival in the country, I think that might be an issue. But I think if it's in Venice and like Europe, I guess it's okay. Yeah. And um, Selena Gomez got in trouble because, as you know, you're not allowed to promote. She talked about how she missed being on set of Only Members in the Building. And uh, apparently got over 1.1 million likes. And apparently a lot of people were commenting or tagging, you know, tagging that it's uh, violating the SAG rules that you can't uh, promote the struck work. I mean, she's just talking about how she misses being. Well, see, see, dude, honestly, I think that's something that hurt the Blue Beetle, too, because you couldn't have anybody promote the movie. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, that that's so, not I mean, obviously is a, that's a big point there. Because I mean, think yeah, about it, the Blue Beetle was promoted during like Comic Con. Because I mean, I know a lot of Comic Cons didn't promote anything. I mean, think about that. I mean, even people who like, let's say you're just a Marvel fan, you might be like, hey, this Blue Beetle thing sounds interesting. I might check it out to see what a DC movie is, and you might like it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, so I do yeah, think I mean, honestly, if the things in the can, I think what they should do is allow people to promote the thing that's already in the can, because. It helps everybody because I mean they're getting residuals on the films. If, if the film flops, right. nobody gets residuals, and like, like that hurts like the background actors, that hurts the secondary actors, that hurts the crafty services, that hurts people for awards. I mean, I think it's I think it's dumb that they can't promote stuff that they work on if it's already in the can. If it's not in the can, don't talk about. It. But right. that's just my opinion. That's your opinion, Paul. Well, another thing about the SAG strike, guys, is that there is a influx of reality television. And reality like television. Scabs out there, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would, you could call it scab work, but the thing is, is that it's not because it's not scripted. There's no writers for WGA, and it's considered. It is scripted. I'm telling you that right now. So anybody who watches cons- reality shows, they're scripted. It's considered unscripted television, Big Paul. Even and- context does. Like I know people who audition for American Idol. That script, well, it's, it's pre-chosen, so All it's right. kind of scripted. So, so um, they, they pick the worst people and they pick the best people. They don't just randomly audition everybody. Well, okay. Okay. That, that, that's one way of looking at it. But um, in particular, we're going to talk about um, favorite reality television show of myself and Nintendo and then Ken dad, <laughs> Kenny Hopkins. Uh, and that's big brother, big brother celebrating its 25th season. Can you believe it guys? And this season 25 has been 
pretty edge of your seat television. You know, I, I, I gotta say, this is one of the better seasons all a long time, Ken. I'm really, really invested in the season, man. Yeah, I like the cast. Um, there, there's a lot of smart people on there. Um, the, it, we're not getting a, a dominant side of the house. We're getting back and forth. Um, okay. We've got a, a survivor alumni in there who's kind of like Queen Bee running stuff. But um, I don't know. They're, they're smart. I think I think they'll figure it out. Um, it's been really good. Um, you, it seems like if you're the HOH, you you're going home the next week. So we'll see what happens. We're, we're, let's just uh, recap the the most recent episode there, Ken. Um, Cameron HOH, yeah, and uh, decides to put his former alliance members uh, on the on the block. Yes, and that's Jag and Blue uh, because yep. apparently he thought he's in another alliance with this. Uh, I mean, there's there's Legend Twenty Five, and then there's there's the, the Seven Deadly Sins. He's talking yeah, about dude, Legend Twenty Five. Dude, I can't keep right? track of it, man. There's it's, so uh... many weird alliances now; it's hard to keep track of. But now he wants the back. Yeah, I lost track of that season two when I stopped watching the show because I got the, it seemed to be like the same show over and over. Uh, dude, no, yeah, uh, I, I'm a big brother. I studied the game. I, I, I love, I love big brother. Yes. Yeah. So, so now we have Jag and blue on the block. And of course, red wins the power veto and decides to keep the non the same, but we were just discussing Ken. Why didn't he decide to backdoor Izzy? You know, I th- he feels safe, um, which you should never feel safe. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like these, this, I feel like he's wasting his HOH taking uh, one of these two guys home um, right. because it's just not worth it. Um, you know, Jag wasn't coming after him. Um, Blue wasn't coming after him. I, you know, they, they're, they were easily swayed. Blue's in a showman, so you know that she's she's got, you know, different kinds of uh, motivations to stay in the house. She's in a very intimate showman because it was revealed on tonight's episode, Kenny, that the condoms yeah. were missing. So that yeah. just confirms that there's some... There's some big brother banging going. <laughs> you could Google it, I'm sure. I'm sure if you Google it, um, somebody's mentioned it somewhere. I used to watch a lot of the live feeds um back in the yes. day. I mean, like I've been watching since like season three, but um Right. And uh so um I used to watch a lot of the live feeds and you don't there's nothing that gets passed on the live feeds. And there's always forums out there that discuss what happens on the live feeds. But my wife and I we're, we're big fans too. and I, I don't watch them now because uh we don't like to be spoiled like that. We just rather just watch the TV. And I got that kind of time. <laughs> right. That's that's very time consuming. They actually used to do the um the live feeds on the top TV and that was just a little over the top. But yeah. uh yeah. You, you got Nicole in there. She's from Upper Marble, Maryland. Yeah, Nicole representing fellow Marylander. She's and very, very lovely, but um I no I love TV I'm time. Some, She's kind of boring. I'm, she is very much a floater, boring, as you said, pretty much under the radar. But I'm loving some blue and I'm loving some America. So those are the two I'm. Uh, yeah. Of course, they're both very easy on the eyes. Yes, they're but, very easy uh, on the eyes. Yes. Um, but, we had uh, somebody expelled already this season for using the N word. That's right. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Because it just it just seems like every year. Um, there's some kind of um, racial controversy, so, you know. Yeah, yep. because so last year there was a contestant that talked about do it, putting together an all-white alliance. Correct. And, well, uh, I, I yeah, think that it doesn't was work more, nowadays. No, it was more that they were uh, 
trying to uh, call out that um, that maybe all of the non-whites were working together. It's more what he was saying. Right. Okay. More than not non. Yeah. And then he went home like like I think not if not that week it was the subsequent week. So he was voted out, but this particular cast this member, guy was expelled. He was actually expelled. And it's um Luke Valentine. Yep. So he he dropped the N word in a conversation. Well, wait a second. The guy's name is Luke Valentine. That sounds like such a fake name. <laughs> that sounds like, like a fake name. That sounds like Greg the Hammer Valentine, right? From Coral Springs, <laughs> Florida. Yes. So they said basically Luke violated the Big Brother code of conduct, and there's zero tolerance in the house for using a racial slur. He has been removed from the house. His departure will be addressed. They even removed them from the opening credits where yep. they show all the Damn. the house housemates, uh, house castmates together, yeah. and he's not even on there. They really shunned him, dude. Is he like the Russian astronaut photos where like? You see one photo, of the guy is there. Next photo, he's like airbrushed out. <laughs> they could have done it, that. It's it, the Big Brother version of that. I tell you though, yeah. um, I did some research on what he actually said, and because um, you know, uh-huh. again, it live theaters, live theaters see it all, and um, right. he literally like didn't even like. It was not. He didn't recall anybody the N word. He was like using it as a as a as a slang to um, like my, my brother, my buddy, my homie, something that was like that. But like he was yeah. even speaking as as someone else. So that also kind of made it a little shady. Oh. But um, oh, but but okay. it was a, but it was a joke. It was it was cordial. Like, you know, the guy even like realized he's like, I just got evicted. I'm sure they even let him oh, sleep God. that night. They, they kicked him out the next morning. They let him sleep. Yeah, I mean, two thirty. They probably had to decide what they were gonna do. Yeah, they just let him go to bed, and then they decided to kick him out. So that was one dramatic aspect. And of course, Hysom last week's um, Hysom, yeah, evicted house guests. Um, Hysom caused a lot of controversy for playing too strong, too fast, making um, some crazy game decisions, including throwing his own alliance under the bus, calling yeah. his alliance leftover like leftover people that he didn't want to be aligned with right. of course it got back to you know back to him that that he had said that and um yeah, Number two. yeah was, they weren't happy yeah they weren't happy and 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 Heisum just he, he he didn't play a a good game man he just he was very dictator like and people don't like being told what to do in the big brother house you know no, I mean you can't strong arm people. Um, like I have three rules. Over the last many years, I have three rules that if I ever got in a house, I would follow. Rule number one is don't be on the block. Rule number two is anything said to one is said to all. And rule number three is uh, always play for next week. Um, if you all, if you follow those rules in those order, you will you will you will win the game. So are you thinking about saying if they want you to win the game because it's scripted? <laughs> yeah. Well, I can okay. follow a script. I can read. <laughs> now you're actually thinking of um, applying, aren't you, Ken? Yeah, I, I, I would. I don't know. I would. I'm, my kid's got to wow. get up a little older first. I can't leave my wife for three months, you know, but. Um, okay. You want to wait for the maybe your youngest to be in school, maybe? Would that be Yeah, honest? my wife eggs me on. She says I should play all the time. And um, she says if I did, I should think I'd win because, you know, I'm the old guy. But this year is different, man. It, the, the old people are running the house. And that's, yeah, that's it's what happened before. People, that's the thing. The old people are usually like gone. Um, 
yeah. immediately. And there's not that many old people in the cast. Right. There's two more. people over 60 in the house right now. <laughs> Actually, isn't it only Felicia series in her 50s, isn't she? Oh, uh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah, let me not yeah. let me put not let me not age the girl. Yeah, we shouldn't age her. But um, but you probably didn't know this, Paul. Um, there is a mother and son secret alliance in the house. And okay. so from Survivor fame and her son, Jared, are in the game together. So apparently that's only been revealed to a few house guests. And then I just found out tonight, Ken, that that Corey uh, he has a brother that's been on Survivor as well, so I think that's kind of yeah. A, well, what what if that kid like really hates his mom? Then she's screwed. I don't know the way true. that they the way that they, they portray themselves. Uh, you know when I think they I think with, with, with the pantry room where they kind of hug and cheer and uh, okay. they yeah, had yeah, a couple yeah. moments like that. That's not, they, I don't gather that. Yeah, and the DR room uh, DR sessions speak otherwise too. You know exactly. Yeah. But that's the thing when you mentioned scripted, Paul, I think the only thing that's scripted is choosing contestants from different walks of life. And oh, no, no, is... it's not. It's not so much that. Like, I mean, no, they they ask you they say to improvise, but it's all improvise. Like they want you to improvise a certain character. So, like, <laughs> I mean, they might not tell you exactly what to say. They tell you to act a certain way. And they tell you what to do and stuff like that. It's nah, so, dude. Like so I, I know the freedom of doing what they're doing, but they have to act a certain way. Well, the, but there are real people outside of the house too. Like people know them. Like there's a whole you don't understand. Like the Big Brother fandom is. I mean, if they, and if they're going that far, I mean, I followed yeah. a couple of these house guests have left the house, and then you know we'll sit there and Google them and follow them and see what happens right. and all that and. Hey man, if if that's all scripted and made up, then wow, they got a lot of resources on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they might even go after, as I said, they might be casting people based on their personalities too. That could be a case too. But that's absolutely the case. I mean, that's for sure. True. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a black box. They're not just like taking all the contestants and picking them because clearly they they've got a there's an age differential they want to. There's a race differential they're trying to get. I'm not gonna say yep. what show it was, but I was actually sent it sent a thing and they told me to act a certain way and audition a certain way i didn't do it because i don't want to do a reality show at the time but i mean i was sent a packet was it what was it was it darth paul like times 100 <laughs> damn <laughs> i think i know what you're i think i know what you're alluding to basically what luke valentine they <laughs> wanted to be the luke valentine didn't they paul I, I don't even know so. who Luke Valentine is, but that does sound like a, such a he, fake well, name. Like he's the the one that that dropped the N bomb by accident and got booted off the show. They wanted Dude. you to turn. They wanted to turn you into that guy. <laughs> I I I used to buy uh I used to buy some um some uh, party favors back in college from a guy named Guy Love, and his guy name was, his name was Guy yeah. Love. I saw his license. It was Guy his Love. Actual name was Guy Love. Boy. That would not work nowadays. Nope. Well, look at the look at the current castmates of Big Brother. You got a blue and you got a red. Yep, blue yeah, and a red <laughs> and a jag and a and jag a, and a me coal and a hysum. <laughs> what what happened to normal names? Why do people not have normal names anymore? <laughs> I think it's kind of the way it's going. If you look at like the 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 top baby names, are they're getting a little more unique? Uh, you know, as as uh. 
know. Yeah, thank everybody who tries to outdo each other. Like, what is it? Uh, uh, doesn't somebody have like a kid named Apple? Yeah, that's a Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow. Have yeah, it's like it's like why would you name a kid Apple? <laughs> I mean, baseball. And, uh, you have a guy named Milton Bradley. And you also have a guy <laughs> named Cooker Chris. But it's like, why would you name them those names? They're just right, going to get picked right. on for kids. Uh, one more Big Brother thing I, I wanted to throw out is a, a new um, power that the fans can vote on. It's called the BB Power Invincibility. And basically, it's a popular vote. We'll give one house guest the ability to stop the outcome of one of the next two options. Provide, I mean, this is a, very game-changing. I mean, you're basically stopping an eviction, which yeah. I don't think there's been a power like that before where you can just say, no, we're not evicting this person after the evicted. Yeah, there was there was the diamond power of veto. Ah, no, that was diamonds. Okay. Yeah, it, well, it would it would basically um allow you to uh basically took take over the HOH. Like you could pick some, you you could take anybody down, and you could pick their replacement or something stupid like that. But um, there was a, that happened a couple times. But yeah, I like mm-hmm. it that they put it in America's hands. You know, I like it with put the with the American vote so early too, because it gives. I don't know, kind of gives us an idea of where America's head's at. Who would you who would you like to vote for? Who have you voted for already? Uh, I, I don't really vote. Um, I don't participate in that stuff. But um, I will sometimes <laughs> if I really feel that I will. But um, I don't know. I kind of like the Cameron Red duo. Um, I, okay. Yeah, I'm not really digging on the. Um, I don't know. I think this whole Siri in, in empire yeah. isn't. It's it's, yeah. it's a house of cards, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, cheering for the old folk is, you know, would would be cool. You know, the underdog because it's usually the, the young folks that the dominate the game. But at the same time, they're not super likable old folks. Right. No, they're kind of they're kind of mean. I don't know. But you yeah, don't know how it, you don't know how it's cut. You don't know how it's cut. That's all. Yeah. I, you, you always got to remember. You don't know how it's cut. Yeah. Yeah. You have to cut it wanna... the best way to get the views. Yeah, if they, if you, they want you to be the villain, you're the villain. But I'm I'm thinking the blue and the the blue and Jared uh, showmance and you know and the the showmance of uh, Amanda and Corey, um because um usually the showmances are targeted, but it's kind of I like seeing that dynamic on the show. America and Corey, yeah, it's like Amanda, no America. Thank you. Her, name, her name's America. America. Both. Another weird one, right? <laughs> America. <laughs> That's right, America and. And Corey, which is another interesting showmance that I would not have predicted. So, and I'm I, I, I guarantee you, Ken, that Matt is like so mad that he didn't get to work on his uh, showmance game as much with uh, um, Riley. Riley, who, who was Riley. A good and that's who uh, my vote was in the very beginning. She is. I liked whoop. Riley. Good, um, good, she was a good player. player too, but like I don't know. I and guess she said the wrong thing, or I don't know. They they played too hard. I I don't know. Basically, basically, Heisem and Riley played the game too early, too hard. I think mm-hmm. they both were victims of doing that. So, well, yeah. So that's um, that's Big Brother talk here on BTV. And uh, of course, with that being said and done, I think it's time for a classic cut break. And we're also going to be saying goodbye to Kenny Hopkins, aka Nintendo, aka Nintendo. <laughs> Catch me on YouTube at Nintendo. Oh, on YouTube. That's right. Nikenda. That's right. He's a YouTube star as well. And of course, occasionally on our friends podcast. That was disappointing. Uh, You can find that out 
Uh, find that podcast on your favorite streaming platforms, along with Below the Belt Show, of course. Yep. I'm plugging That Was Disappointed because they are my friends. I don't typically promote other people's podcasts, but I make an exception for That Was Disappointing. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, How long were you on YouTube? Were you there for a while or no? Me? Because uh, oh. I was there early, and I was there before you could make any money, so like, I didn't make a penny being on YouTube. I, I don't make any money, um, but I, I mean, I like to make uh, off-roading videos, and I've got a big yeah, cool. series, a big series dropping soon. Part one's dropping soon. It's it's like my best stuff yet. I've been working on it for months. Um, I've got another trip at the end of September that um, that we're planning out on the entire video shoot for. Uh, so, so what can we expect? What can we expect on our YouTube? Uh, if you were to, if you like uh, off-road trucking and camping and exploring and um some great um curated paid for music i mean um I, I i i'm a big fan of doing montages um but uh, i try i tell the story of my truck and I, that's that's the beginning of the i it's called the lc 200 adventure show is my primary show what and, kind of um, truck is it it's a two a 2013 toyota land cruiser oh that's cool and um, I bought it used from a single owner, and um, and I've I've been playing with it ever since. Uh, gosh, I've been posting videos since 2018, 2019 now. Man, that's but awesome. it, but I don't. I mean, there's not a lot of content because it takes a long time. And I've been I've had kids in the meantime. So, but uh, now things are starting to get to the point where I can actually put some real time in, and uh, I'm really excited about my new series coming out. Are you doing, like, cameraman from the side of the car, too? Because, I mean, uh, I've done that before when I do, like, stunt driving and stuff. Uh, this past trip, uh, we were in Kentucky for five days, and um, I took my youngest son with me. We had three trucks, um, and we were running. I personally was running uh, three GoPro cameras the entire time mounted in different positions. We had a hand cam. Um, and then, of course, uh, the two guys that were with me also shot some stuff that I'm kind of splicing in to the video as well so really, really i'm really excited dude I, I maybe this weekend but if not the following weekend and uh i'd love to know what you guys think about it man dude I, I wasn't even aware now i'm gonna watch thanks ken for uh uh talking about yeah, that check it out. of course talk thanks, a big guys. brother talking about your last experience on galactic star cruiser so we're gonna say goodbye to nintendo aka nintendad aka the one and only Hopkins, um, the Jedi Knight himself. Uh, <laughs> you have two Jedi's. Well, one Sith Lord, one Jedi. Well, I'm a Sith Lord, so I'm you're a Sith Lord. I'm the bad yes, guy, I guess. <laughs> so the classic cut song inside the play was featured in Blue Beetle, and uh, yeah, it's Cypress Hill. Ain't going out like that. And when I heard that, I like hop big. I pop big, Paul. I uh, was a big Cypress Hill fan back in the day, so uh, to hear that song. And that's yeah, right. To hear that song in the soundtrack, oh man, that was awesome during that scene uh, in Blue Beetle. And then following I mean, that, you know, I said I, I think people are missing out if they didn't see Blue Beetle yet. I mean, yes, and definitely yeah. see it in theaters. I mean, it's like it's good movie. It's, it's, uh, great... it's like it's it's like it's like the good Marvel movies, not like the new Marvel movies, but it's like the right. good Marvel movies, but it's DC. Yep. And your introduction, of course, to the DCU's first character, Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. And of course, right after that, my pre-recorded interview with actress Ariel Grayson. She's the actress from Bupkiss in episode one that Pete Davidson jerks off to. Basically, he's wearing oh. VR goggles. He picks Damn. a porn video, jerks off to her, and his mom catches him in the act. Uh, it's a 
crazy scene, uh, crazy scene to set the entire series of Bup Kiss on Peacock, which is a, a very funny series you should be checking out when you get a chance. So we'll be back right after all that. And uh, Paul oh, wait, and I, yeah, I just now thought about something. Speaking of Pete Davidson, did you see that preview for that other movie about the, the GameStop stock thing? I, I think it was called. Like, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that too. That, that was another uh, preview I saw during it. Uh, oh, okay. Pete Davidson is in that film. Yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, I, I think he's just like a secondary character, but I think it's about like the guy who bought, like was playing the system to like uh, manipulate the stock market. And Seth oh. Rogen was in it. He kept losing money, so that was good for me. So I'm happy when Seth Rogen loses money. I, I know you're not a big Seth Rogen fan. <laughs> All right, guys. Classic cut. This great air interview with Ariel Racine, and we'll be right back. Paul and I will be back. We're saying goodbye to Ken. All right, see, see you guys in a little bit. Special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. My gosh, I am so happy to welcome beautiful and talented actress. And wow, is she easy on the eyes. <laughs> Ariel Racine. Uh, I hope we Thank pronounced that right. You did. You did. You did a good job. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that I did. <laughs> Ariel, thank you for ha- uh, being here on BTB, Below the Belt Show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So um, I, I, there's so many cool things we can talk about, but uh, I guess first and foremost, uh, since I was at Pete Davidson's Bupkis premiere in New York uh, a couple months ago, uh, of course, I had to uh, watch uh, the entire series, but we were treated to episode one and two of Bupkis. And yeah, we I saw you on the big screen, Ariel. Yeah, it was there. First, like, minute. I was there. <laughs> tell, us about, tell us about shooting that scene, being selected to to do that scene. Obviously, um, I guess the, the series has been out. We can talk about Pete Davidson's on this virtual reality headset, and he's pleasuring himself. Um, and he decides to click on your video, the actress um, that's an adult performer. And um, he um, climaxes, and his mom walks down the stairs. And, uh, well, what, what a... Uh, Let's just call it a homecoming, uh, if you it will. Was. That was quite an entrance, I have to say. Well, how did that? How did that scene? Um, just tell us about. I guess what led to. First of all, let's talk about the audition process because I'm curious to see what he, you know, goes for as far as selecting uh, an actress to portray that scene. Um, I'm not sure. I went into, you know, we're not doing live uh, auditions anymore, but went in to film it at this place in New York. And it was like a night, it was for like a 90s like porn star. So I wore glasses um, and had my hair back in like one of those large clips. And then I took it out because in the scene it says like I dropped to my knees. So I took it out and like shook it. I, I sent them two different scenes, but um, or two different takes. But yeah, that was fun. 
and then I got the notice that I booked it like two weeks later. Oh, directly from a self-tape audition. Yeah. Fantastic. So obviously Pete's not in the room with you because after watching the episode, we see it's just a, he's watching um, a porn film. Right. Uh, yeah. Talk us through that that um, that shoot day, if you will. Um. Well, it was pretty funny actually because um, the director just let us kind of do some improv too, which was fun like I gave different takes on how weird it was like you can say anything like your mom's watching because she kind of like switches between being a secretary and like oh mom's gonna hate us or mom's gonna be so mad and you know he's <laughs> like oh I thought this was supposed to be a secretary because I was like oh what can I do as a job so um that was fun and then me making all my noises that was just you know total improv and like I was literally bouncing against a ball to make it look like I was like going back and forth against the table. So it was just like, it was a little mini workout of noises and like keep going and turning. So that's and, how they do it. They use a, they use yeah. a ball. <laughs> and I also like, let my tits show like too much. So like my, it was a lot of things going on, but yeah. <laughs> well, I was convinced and that I agree that he, <laughs> Uh, certainly picked the right uh, video to view while uh, taking care of <laughs> taking matters into his own head, supposedly. Right. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so, um, telling your friends and family this this is your uh, big TikTok debut, I guess. Uh, what 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 are, what are their thoughts? Um, they didn't really say anything. <laughs> They're just like, oh, cool. That's how my family is. Whenever they just like. They're proud of me, but they don't need to watch or something, you know. Good job. <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I was curious how you handle the the sexier side of film and, and doing nudity. Um, tell us uh, what goes through your head uh, as far as uh, being comfortable and and uh, and uh, you know being able to 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 bear all on camera. Yeah, um, I think when I first moved to LA, I was gun ho on not doing anything like that. Um, and honestly, I just wasn't ready. So I think it's a mixture of you being comfortable in your own skin and like being ready to do that. Or I wouldn't push it because I didn't push it when I first moved here, when there were like offers, I just wasn't ready. And I think it was because I was so young and like, I don't know, I was from Kansas and I was just like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I actually got let go from a management company. Really? I was doing this like trial with this manager and then I had this agency meeting and I was like and I got this like indie part and it was just like this whole nude lots of sex and I just wasn't comfortable doing it at the time so I said I'm not doing right. that and I went into the agent that meeting that I had and I sat there sat there sat there waited I guess the manager I was like with at the time called and got the meeting canceled because he told her that I wouldn't do nudity. And so the secretary came out and was like, oh, your meeting's been canceled and we're not going to see you. <laughs> so that was like my first little hello in Hollywood. Um, so that was like a shocker, I guess, in the sense, but that's LA for you and that's real life. Um, his, his idea was that young people, young females have to do nudity that's how you get in which i'm not 
that, that's probably true. I don't know. But um, she wouldn't want to see me either. So he, yeah, that was like a interesting experience. And then, you know, I just kept going on about my life. And when a part came to me that I was comfortable doing, I would do it. But at the time, I just wasn't. So eventually, I don't know, I guess I just got older and more comfortable with who I am and being okay with being on naked. Like, I, I don't mind being naked at all anymore. And I never did earlier either. But it was just like, something that you have to get used to in front of people. And I think I did it slowly in my own comfort. So now it's totally fine. Um, I all you know, for a confidential informant, I was about to go actually strip at a strip club because that seemed so scary, like audition anyways. And yeah. I was like, that seems so scary. And I like to do the things that are the scariest to me, right? But but then when I got on set, I didn't have time to do it. I had to go fly and go shoot. But when I got on set, it was actually fine. It was a lot easier to do it on set in front of a camera with people like that because um, it's maybe more technical or something than yeah, going to a strip club and like dancing and performing as an audition. Like that to me is still scary and I still kind of want to go do it and I might go do that in the darkness of New York some night. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You did a great job. I guess we can pivot over to uh, confidential informant. But uh, again, just uh, closing off the topic of Bubkiss up, I, thought, I think it's an incredible show. Um, and I can't wait to see season two. I hope Pete goes VR again and we get to see more of Skipper. Really, um, <laughs> he clearly had impressed uh, Pete, Pete Davidson. I just saw his stand up show um, last week and uh, it was incredible. Pete Davidson and friends. And uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, the lyric in Baltimore. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, home in uh, in Baltimore that weekend, so checked it out. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he just has a way of connecting with the with the audience, and uh, just the, the incredibly hysterical. I was I was curious since you worked on different, you know, see well scenes that were brought together. You did you get a chance to meet Pete at any point? Um, no, actually, I didn't get to. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was curious about that one as well. But uh, nonetheless, let's hope to see a skipper back on Buffkiss season two. Because did you did you watch the finale? It's a hell of a cliffhanger, right? Yeah, it is. It's really good. I'm excited for our season two. Yeah. Yeah. We'll. we'll I will uh, definitely. If I run into Pete, I will let him know we want Skipper back for sure. Yeah, please do. Thank you. <laughs> I think you should meet Skipper in the real world. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so let's get into Confidential Informant. Um, so, again, a very sexy role, playing a Ginger the Stripper. And uh, you work very closely with Nick Stahl, yeah? Um, yeah. Who plays uh, Detective... Yeah, who, det uh, who plays Detective Mike Thornton. And, um, wow, what a powerful film. I mean, it really shows... The dark side of the police force, right? And and the, and how yes. cops themselves are very flawed, you know. You know, as, as, uh, oh, we're all a little flawed, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, and, and and so are all of us as well. But Nick, uh, the character Nick plays in particular is um, pretty flawed in the fact that, in addition to being um, um, a cop, he's also an addict, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting dynamic that we're, we're kind of seeing in that. And um, 
But yeah, let's talk about the the confidential informant. Now you kind of mentioned the, the the audition being in a strip club, right? Um, no, no, no. I was wanting to audition at a strip club. Oh, to send the audition tape from a yeah, strip club. Yeah, no, 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 I, no, no, no. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Like I did oh, it to be able to. Right, yeah, I so when you. I went that, it would be a lot easier because I was frequenting the strip clubs a lot before I went in. And instead <laughs> of like paying the girls to give me a lap dance, I was just paying them to talk to me um, just to like You're doing get their research. online. Yeah, I like, I like it. I think that, that's the funnest part um, when you book a role doing the research, right? I think Jennifer Lopez did, did the same thing for Hustlers, I think. I think she actually went to a I'm couple sure shows. Yeah. Yeah. So you're well prepared with the research, and then what is required for the audition? Um, the audition, I had to dance, and I just learned like a quick little segment that I needed to do, and then you know just a scene. And the scene that 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 we saw, you were in a couple few scenes, uh, with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, first of all, how 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 was your experience working with Nick? He's amazing. He's a real uh, true pro. Yeah, he's he's an incredible actor. And so, uh, wow, <laughs> quite a scene. You actually handcuff Nick's character of Mike, Officer Mike, to the bedpost, and you, you steal some money from his wallet. Man, that's the dark side of uh, I guess the the client stripper dynamic. I guess. He was asking for it, you know. Uh, oh my gosh, he was asking. <laughs> oh my god, what a scene! And then, and then in another scene, um, you're partying. I mean, we see some liquor consumption. We see some snorting some some cocaine. I was curious. Yeah, I'm having curious a lot of fun in there. I think it's a method type of shoot, but how, how are we doing the, the liquor and the Coke consumption on film? I was curious how that went down. Uh, well, it's not real, obviously. I forget what kind of powder, it's like sugar or something that they use for cocaine. Right. And then I think for the whiskey or something, you know? Um, yeah, so, you know, just take it down. Remember what it tastes like. Make that face. Make that face that like face, did some, like know. yeah, straight whiskey, yeah. But what kind of liquid was it? I think it was just tea at the time, yeah. Oh, tea, okay. That now, once you sense. took that fake cocaine, uh, how did you feel? How, what does it make you feel like? <laughs> well, I just pretend that I'm getting high, so. Um, but you don't feel anything. It actually doesn't even burn, so. Oh, it doesn't burn. Okay, to... there's no sensation. No, just kind of... There's no sensation. I was curious what they use for fake cocaine in, in movies. I was always curious how. They... Uh, went, yeah, oh, some the... kind of powdered sugar like, or something. I'm some actors like to say fuck it just to bring me the real shit, <laughs> just to go <laughs> method. But I hope not. Uh, you know, we, we do want a safe set for sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's been done before. Yeah, you think? And all crazy. the movie some making people. there's been, I'm sure. You sure, there's been some real. I mean, I mean, who knows? It could be an indie movie. I mean, that's or like, you know, some actors want to do the real thing. Like, wasn't there a thing like a while ago how real act someone wanted to do like actual sex on camera or something? 
Yeah, I think it was the Chloe Sauvigny and, and the Brown Bunny was one example. And then there was also um, the Shia LaBeouf film, Nymphomaniac, with Stacey Nymphomaniac. Martin. Nymphomaniac, I was just about to bring it up. I was like, I'm watching Nymphomaniac, I'm on part two. And like, the guy is actually eating her vagina. Yeah, then, right. Yeah, now, so I, I was like, oh, that's really happening. That's below but the belt. I don't know if they're actually... I don't know. Are they actually having sex? Because you don't really see that. So there's two um, things from what I've read about. I'm glad you're curious about this because I read about it. Uh, I'm literally Nymphom- like in the depths of watching it right now because I'm yeah. so, on a script and he told some, me to watch so, it. So I'm doing. I've read that some of the actors are adult actors. So they're just body doubles of the, the principal actors in the film. So they, when they do the close-ups, it's, it's the... Um, the porn actors. And then in some cases, it's prosthetics. So Shia could be going down on prosthetic vagina. And I believe the the one of the blowjob scenes with Stacey Martin is a prosthetic penis. Wow. So, okay, got it. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize it was seemed good. That's funny. Okay, good to know. It it gets pretty crazy. Can you see yourself doing something similar to that type of role in, in uh, *Nymphomaniac*? It's really dark. It's really dark. Um, I'm at the part, the second part, you know, where she's like getting beaten and she like left her family on Christmas. But um, yeah, I would love to do something like that. I mean, the conversation that she's having in bed with the man that found her. Um, it's just so it's like poetic the way they tie like what her stories to his like everyday life or like church and like fishing and animals and all that stuff really interesting I mean he did an amazing job I'm like quite wrapped up in it I have to like fast forward through some of the parts where it's like a little too much like hitting and all that stuff I don't like to watch that but the the violence and sexual violence yeah one of the most interesting movies I've ever seen. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I, and then, yeah, no, I met Stacy uh, Martin um, personally on the set of Vox Lux, and uh, we talked a little bit about about that, uh, that scene. And it was cool how open and you know it was about talking about it. And um, yeah, what she say? But yeah, she said the majority of the the stuff that she did was prosthetics or. Now, pretty much the same thing that I read was the prosthetics or like she also worked about working with, you know, Shia Buff and, you know, and talked about, you know, how, you know, because initially started as a model and, you know, there's there is not nudity and, and a lot of the high fashion modeling that she's done before. Right. And, um, sometimes that's an easier, you know, transition to film acting, nudity and film acting. If you model and, you know, seeing that you had yeah. modeled a lot before. Did you do anything like a Playboy or anything on, along those yeah, lines? Yeah, I did. I oh, cool. yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Tell us about tell us about that experience. Um, yeah, I shot in, I shot for Maxim and FHM um, and Playboy. Uh, it was fun. I actually got to like help create like this um, setting I wanted to do. Like I wanted to do a '70s style playboy shoot like in the setting of it um and then and for maxim i got to travel to bali in thailand and shoot for like a destination place so it was fun 
Oh, cool. Wow. So, so the nudity was, I guess, you were used to it by then. By the time you got on set, you had done it previously for Playboy. Yeah, well, Playboy at the time, it was when they were doing, they were experimenting with just implied. Do you remember when they changed? Yeah, and that didn't last too long, I remember. They actually switched that out, yeah. <laughs> kind of weird to go backwards, but um, I mean, they tried, and that's when I got on board, so. Oh, okay. All right. Well, very good. Um, Well, yeah, so that can be is kind of is i guess a model into film acting when there's nudity involved i i can, I can imagine and you're saying that that's probably probably the case yeah how long were they shooting for i'm curious oh a nymphomaniac specifically yeah that's a good question because that's like two fairly long films four hours so, yeah um but I was on the film, a set of Vox Lux. That was the movie that you did with Natalie Portman. So, um, and a def- definitely a different type of role. If you ever get a chance to catch yeah. that, that's that's the film that I I um, work with with Stacy on. But uh, cool. yeah, yeah, I am not sure about a nymphomaniac because we're talking that's about my nymphomaniac brain right now. So yeah, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll look. We'll go look. We'll have to look and check it out for sure. <laughs> Um, of course, um, we are currently on the SAG after strike. So here's how a lot of actors uh, spend their time now that auditioning has slowed down. Of course, commercials are still happening, but a lot of the theatrical film and television has slowed down, even independent films that are on their SAG AFTRA. Um, and just curious your, your thoughts on what's going on with the strike right now. Well, it sucks, but it's needed. You know, we go, we're going through a shift in technology. And I think, I mean, every decade or however long, there's always comes a time where things have to change. And this is the time things have to change. So I think it's needed. I hear that we're not going to resolve anything until next year, but let's see what happens. <laughs> But yeah. it is a good time to focus on other things, you know, all those things that you haven't gotten done. Now's the time to do it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's always training, there's theater, there's modeling, and of course, commercials are still happening. Um, you can podcast. <laughs> there's a lot of things you can do. And I was reading on your bio from our, our friend, Mr. Charles Sherman, that uh, you actually have dabbled in screenplay writing. Yeah? I do, and I'm writing a I'm writing a script right now. That's why I was looking into Nymphomaniac just to get some ideas. Not that it's as crazy as that, but it's a little crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm finally getting my writing done. I'm working on a few other passion projects of mine. And I have a 3D online content creator studio that I'm starting and it's in a soft launch right now. So I'm staying busy, but I'm ready to get back to auditioning. Yes, aren't we all for sure? Ariel, it's it's been a tremendous, tremendous uh, interview here on BTV Below the Belt Show. Of course, you can check out Confidential Informant um, on demand. Uh, you can actually watch it on Amazon. You can, uh, I'm sure there's other platforms you can view Confidential Informant. And then, of course, Bupkiss, you can see on Peacock all episodes streaming uh, with my buddy Pete Davidson. Well, he's not really my buddy. I like to, I like to pretend he's my buddy, but uh. <laughs> he's all of our buddies. <laughs> this is gonna be a premiere. What can I say? Um, 
So if you could, Ariel, before we wrap up tonight, um, oh yeah, any um particular um social media you want to promote? Um, where oh, yeah. all your fans uh, can find. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at the Ariel Ray. That's A R I E L L E. Then my Twitter is, or my X is Ariel Racine. Um, that's R A Y C E N E. Right on. And of course, uh, before we wrap, let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Bupkiss and Confidential Informant, and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. So oh, me. Do that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Ariel Racine. I was on Bumpkiss and Confidential Informant, and I am on Below the Belt Show. Fantastic. Ariel, phenomenal interview. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for having joining me. Us. Yep, and uh, we will see you um, next time the, for your next big uh, project to promote. When the strike is over, we'd love to have you back. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, Cypress Hill. I ain't going out like that. <laughs> I, that was like the most surprising song to hear in the soundtrack. That was great, yeah. Beetle. yeah. So, yeah, and that was Ariel Racine. Oh, my God, she is smoking hot. Um, got to talk to her earlier today. Um, I knew that we'd be catching up uh, with so much that we've been off the air that if I squeeze ariel with us it would have just been too over the top of a show so um decided to do that one pre-recorded and um i hope you enjoyed that interview i thought that was a lot of fun make sure you check out if you want to see ariel racine you can see a lot of her and i mean a lot of her (laughs) in buff kiss and confidential informant so i'm guessing it's not a pg-13 scene is it no it's definitely not pg-13 that's for sure Oh, my God. In fact, in Confidential Informant, which stars one of your boys, Mel Gibson, um, he plays a stripper uh, that uh, works very closely with one of the actors named Nick Stahl. So um, we talked about it during the interview. So, uh, Paul, you got to see got to see this. But, yes, you do see full frontal. (laughs) Oh, baby. I know, right? (laughs) You go crazy now, Paul. This is the the Darth. So this is the Sith so we can hour. say anything we want now, right? <laughs> this is the Sith Hour. Uh, originally, we were supposed to be joined by Mike Doherty, uh, who's going to uh, participate in the WWE pay-per-view picks. But um, we'll get to that towards the end of the program. Let's finish up television, right? Okay. All right. So we were just talking about Big Brother. But as you know, Big Brother is also on Paramount. Don't have too much on Paramount. But interestingly enough, their shows, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, is going to be airing on CBS as part of Star Trek Day celebration. Well, you know what, I, I like, have September you watched 8. that show? That, that is a Star, Star Trek show I like. The, people say that the Strange New World series is the best among the newer Star Trek it is. shows. Yeah. Because, I mean, the last one, I mean, it was it was woke. The last one, without a doubt, was woke. But, I mean, this Star one's kind of more right? grounded. And it, yeah. And okay. this one leads more into like the original origins and stuff. I mean, it talks more about Captain Pike and them. So, right. Well, you can see it if you if you don't have Paramount. If you have CBS, you can see. I believe they're airing the first two episodes of um, Strange New Worlds on CBS, which is great. It will get probably or I, some or I do hooked. think you should get Paramount because I mean, like I mean, I'm on I'm on a show on there once it picks back up. I guess. 
There you go. All right. I think I know which show you're alluding to. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I am watching Linus, and it was cool to see some, um, you know, DMV spots and, and, and you know, tourist attractions being highlighted, like Rehoboth Beach and the Bay Bridge. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Did you see a uh, bomb squad member yet or no? I am upset that we did not see more of our local DMV actors in principal roles. Of course, a lot of uh, background actors of have appeared. Uh, are you talking, are you alluding to yourself, Paul? I am, yeah. I am current. I'm currently two episodes behind. Were you very featured? Okay. Uh, I thought I was, I, don't, I didn't see it yet. So, I mean, I, I have okay. to say, I'm going to Okay. I just watched episode five. I have um, two more episodes to catch up. Um, I know episode seven's already out and I just watched five. Yeah. Uh, I have to go to my girlfriend's house to watch Paramount. <laughs> Man, you need to subscribe to Paramount because I'm on two I Paramount know, series. Because I've got this show on Paramount too. So, so yeah. We're, I mean, watching, we're watching the show together, you know. So that's a thing. And I always wondered why, like, when I was single, I was like, man, why don't you just watch it without it? Like, I kind of understand why couples need to watch it. And maybe you know, I could get onto, what do you call you know? it eventually? Maybe I could get onto like one of the uh, Yellowstone series eventually. Because it's the same makers. But. I can see you. I can see you on Yellowstone. <laughs> I can totally see you on Yellowstone. Considering All I right, wore a uh, hat 90% of the things I've been in, just to see if I could wear a cowboy hat <laughs> on set, and they allowed me I to do totally it. I so. can totally see it. All right, moving on on television, Netflix. All right, so the limited series, Who is Aaron Carter? And I'm asking, who the hell is this show? <laughs> Apparently, it's a Have number one. How crazy did he go? Do you, wait, wait, what did you say? Have you seen what Aaron Carter looked like near the end, like with the weird face tattoos and all that? I don't, I don't watch the show, but apparently it's the number one TV show on Netflix right now. Do you I know don't what know. It's about? I mean, he went crazy. He was like a child star who just went nuts. He was like a he. He was Nick Carter's oh, brother. Aaron, no, no, no. You're you're thinking of Aaron Carter, uh, who who died. Yeah, it's not about Aaron. that. This is Aaron Carter, E R I N Carter. Oh, okay. Carter, I was thinking about Aaron is, Carter. To... <laughs> now, who is Aaron Carter? Is a, a thrilling tale of a British teacher living in Spain. No, For I, whatever I reason, that. that's the number one um, series with the uh, Depp versus Heard docu series, which I definitely want to watch. I was kind of into that the whole time. How's that not number one? You would think a Depp versus Heard docu series would be the number one show on that's, Netflix. That that's the number two. That's, that's that should be uh, number one. I mean, it's like that makes no sense at all to me. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, um, but apparently this "Who Is Aaron Carter" is a big deal. This whatever show, I have no idea. Again, when I don't know what's about. It's a shame I mean, Aaron Carter, the, the singer, died because he would have been like perfect to like just do a cameo on it. I, well, again, it's spelled differently, Paul, so I don't <laughs> <No>. know. <laughs> but now they Our have promo, like, he could be like, "Who's Aaron Carter?" And, you talking about that Aaron Carter. Now they have this painkiller show, kind of like Netflix answer to um, Dope Sick. And that's actually um, now uh, the number three series on Netflix. Um, have you seen Painkiller? Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't seen it. But here's the thing. Why do people not have original ideas anymore? Why do they have to just do the same show, but like with different people? Well, you know, I think that particular series is, import- is important because it's about the opiate epidemic, Paul. And I think that that can get a pass 
Yeah, because yeah, know, it's a very important like, message. Like, if I wanted to do one, I like I know people. Like, my dad knows somebody who like actually worked for one of the companies that sold some of those drugs, so I could probably get inside information on that. And it's like, then you should have been just, on the show. <laughs> well, I should have wrote one of those shows. Do you have two shows about the same thing? Exactly. It's like I got, yeah. Uh, let's see the wow! I cannot believe that um, one of the top movies on Netflix right now is Adam Sandler's. You are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. Uh, apparently really? got great ratings from uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 96% critics uh, on Rotten Tomatoes for the Adam Sandler film that's exclusively on Netflix. Um, that's the number yeah, but three. The, the, the weird thing is, don't all his movies, even though they, they're like crappy, get like good ratings on Netflix? They 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 apparently get great viewers because it's actually the number three film right now on netflix because like uh, halloween one, had a lot of uh, views too and that was like kind of a dumb movie if you think about it yeah well if you wanted to do the number one film on netflix right now it's the monkey king it's an animated movie and uh and then is the it about like two, the uh, monkey version of the lion king um <laughs> i really I, I honestly don't know what it's about but uh, jimmy o yang and Bo and Yang um, are voiceovers in okay. do voiceover work in that film. And then our favorite Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, her thriller, Heart of Stone, is the number two film. But with Adam Sandler's mitzvah film, apparently they he's getting raves for his for the acting of his youngest daughter, Sonny. Um, so Sonny, um, um, Sonny, <laughs> Sonny Sandler, I guess, plays Stacy Friedman um on uh on this film and uh one might call nepotism yeah sure it's the daughter of yeah. adam sandler but then apparently they're saying she did a great job i haven't seen it yet but uh so she's a better actress than like the will smith kids apparently so apparently <laughs> they're saying she's uh, yeah i mean did they say the smith will... really is, like really was not a good actor he wasn't a, he wasn't a good you know what we haven't really haven't seen much of his acting if you think about it maybe he really but he's a karate actor, kid right? and he did that like after earth movie and both of them like bombed well, big time i don't think he hasn't he hasn't done anything yeah he hasn't done anything of note since yeah last thing he's done since then is deny the earth is round and he says the earth is flat <laughs> apparently that's his big thing is like he's a flat yeah. earth person. yeah but yeah, I was talking about Rebel Moon earlier, so I have the uh, the notes here. Um, it's a seven okay. samurai inspired Star Wars movie. Well, what do you think uh, Star so, Wars was? I guess the part of the Star Wars would be within the Star Wars universe and the character. No, no, I'm talking about the seven samurai Star Wars movie was like that's that's what influenced George Lucas. Exactly, but that's so how it's the same type of it. thing. So. That's so how he conceived cool. it. Yeah, he basically mm-hmm. says, once it's a Star Wars film, and I never wanted to be, but apparently, uh, this is um, the, um, okay, this is actually the producer of of the um, Rebel Moon, uh, working with Zack Snyder, and apparently talked Zack Snyder into not going for the Star Wars route for this film. You know, it's cool. And, he, and, and Deborah was actually very happy. Actually, I think that's a good idea because if he did it through Disney, it's like they would find a way to screw up. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, Kathy so would be like, hey, we need to switch this yeah. character with this character and we need to make yeah. sure. Like, So the producer Deborah was saying she was actually happy when it fell apart 
with the Lucasfilm talking with, with wait, Zack wait. Snyder. Is about it the Deborah film. Snyder and his wife? Uh, Deborah Snyder is his wife, yeah. And also the producer don't of the film. Is, okay. Yeah, Deborah Snyder. Well, so, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, your wife is the producer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if your wife's the producer, I guess she does have some call on it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so we'll see how that, that film does. I mean, again, it's a very, it's for adults. There's going to be ultra-violence. I mean, There's going to be nudity, you know. Um, you're going to see it all. See, I, I, think that's what, I think that's what the sci-fi genre needs because i mean you're kind of getting that with a couple shows before and it's like yeah uh and they just kind of like just don't make it but i, I think this has this has the footing because it's like this this has the potential to steal star wars right from star wars without the name yeah yeah i mean i mean it won't be like have its own park at disney <laughs> but it will it will, uh, it will certainly hopefully get a fan base and might have its own park at Universal though, because Universal's <laughs> killing it right now. Well, but. you know, they they have two they have two films already in the can. So um part one and two. Um what else on Netflix movie wise? Well, you know David Fincher. He just dropped the trailer for The Killer, which stars uh, Michael Fassbender and Charles Parnot. And it's a neo noir film, which tells the story of an assassin who finds himself unraveling and is based on a French graphic novel series by Alexis Noland. And it's adapted by Fight Club screenwriter Andrew Kevin Walker. So, uh, oh, so that that sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, the trailer looked really, really good. And speaking of trailers, I look hard for myself, but Rustin, which is shot in DC, just dropped, and it stars <laughs> The Walking Dead's Coleman Domingo in the title role as Rustin. See, and of I can work on that because I. The, no, the, vac- the vaccination. The oh, vaccination speaking of that, can I bring this up? Let me just bring this up. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Joe Biden said, this is what he, this is his exact quote. He was like, we might have to get more shots. This time it's going to work. That's his exact quote. So, so we shut the- down all these productions and we wouldn't let people work. Because Joe Biden, and now he says, we're going to come up with a new COVID vaccine, but this time it's going to work. So take that there's out. No, it. But Paul, there's no productions to stop because of the strike. So it's a no. No, I'm talking, point, I'm talking right? about before that. I mean, I'm talking okay, about with okay. the, the, the but there, COVID. But there are, there are new variants. And um, I, I'm well aware of that. But, uh, but when he says this time yeah. it's going to work, that yeah. should have been like the. All right. Well. I, don't I know, mean, but... I think they ran about it, but it's like it's like that's a lot of people didn't work for him, and a lot of people yeah. lost jobs. And... Are you going to watch the Rustin film? The trailer looks great. I mean, it's uh, it's all about. Uh, I might check it out. I'll, I'll look for you. That's what I'll do. You'll look for our friends, right? You'll look for myself, right? I'm I'm carrying a ladder. I'm 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 working on the scaffolding in the back. So okay. Look for me. Was I supposed to say that? Uh, the trailer's already. Uh, well, if guess... you sign an NDA, if you didn't sign an NDA, you can. Yeah, I guess I guess it's all right. Um, <laughs> all right, um, let's move over to HBO. So apparently, the Idol, starring The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp, is done at HBO. Um, canceled after one season. I heard it wasn't so that good. That's the reason why the critical and commercial reception of the show was not good, despite a lot of raciness. I mean, Lily Rose is very naked in this uh, series, but apparently, nudity is not. It's, yeah. it's, it's not enough to keep it going. And yeah, if that was the case, Two Girls would have been a bigger hit than it was. 
Which which would have been which show would have been a bigger hit? No, I said Showgirls back in the day. Remember, like that was a big thing that that was like oh. the first movie where like she was naked after the movie and it, it bombed. It did it did it still bomb? It was still worth a look to see. Yeah, it uh, still bombed. It was, yeah. To see to see her naked. The the actress from um Saved by the Bell. What, Saved by the Bell. Escaping me. What's her act? What's the actress's name? Uh, this, uh, Berkeley. This, Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth Berkeley. Yes. Has she done? I don't think she's done anything since, has she? Maybe she was on the Saved by the Bell. She said she did the ultra woke reboot. Yeah. Okay. She did that. Was that canceled? Um, that is canceled, right? I think that got canceled after a second season. I'm, I'm not sure, okay. or they haven't gone in production in the third, but I don't think it has. Um, but if you're an HBO Max subscriber, you're going to get an AMC Plus um, sample of programming in September and October for no extra charge. So you're going to get some AMC plus content with fear the walking dead and Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. I'm annoyed by fear the walking dead. They did like a six episode thing because they're, they're splitting seasons on that, which is just kind of annoying. They're splitting the season. It's the final, what? 12 episodes. It's a good show. Don't get me wrong. I like fear the walking dead, but it's like, it's stupid to split a season. I don't think it's a good show, Paul. You think it's a good show? The later think, seasons are better. Later seasons know, are a lot better. But the, 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 well, the Padre, the Padre storyline is not good, bro. Did you watch no, the, the most... Padres, No, before the Padre storyline was actually yeah. good, though. I liked um, the, the actress from um, The Boys, Colby Menifee, when she was the leader of that uh, yeah. faction. I thought it, that was a good season. Yeah, that was a good season. But uh, the seasons after that, and then, of course, the... The the bomb explosion it started I don't know it, I mean you know that was jumping the shark when you blew up everything with the nuclear bomb I'm I'm begrudgingly watching it because we're almost at the end you know but uh, I I do look but forward I think the, to Daryl Dixon two seasons before that season I think were pretty good I do look forward to um to Daryl Dixon that drops on September 10th except I don't understand why he's in France that makes no sense at all to me. Well, they explained that he's. Hey, I, I could see if he can hold. Like maybe if he, he gets to Alaska, that guess that could work. Yeah, but France just is like pushing it. It's a far boat ride, right? It's a lot of it's a mm-hmm. lot of mystery and intrigue that. And last time I saw, he drove off on a motorcycle. Unless he has a magical motorcycle that takes him across yeah. the ocean. Apparently, all those questions will be answered in the the season premiere. Okay, what what do you think yeah. about the other show, the Negan and Maggie show? I mean, I, I, I was enjoyed, like, oh, I, en- I enjoyed Dead City. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of potential because I think it, because you're having uh, you have a smaller cast, you can work on the character development uh, mm-hmm. a lot. And then if you watched Ozark, one of the the greatest actresses from that show was Lisa Emery, who uh, played yep. Darlene. Oh my God, and she's gonna playing like the the big baddie the um, of uh, season two. She appeared in, I think, the last episode of uh, the season one of Dead yeah, City. Yeah, because guy but... thought that was the big baddie. He wasn't even the big baddie. He was just like a stool, stool pigeon or whatever. Right, exactly. So, forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a great second season. Of course, we're still in the strike, so they haven't started production on it yet. Um, I never watched Bosch, but this, some, this is something that really just doesn't make sense. They ended the Bosch television show. But they continue to Bosch Legacy, and they just dropped with the same cast, the same cast, and it's season two of Bosch Legacy. I mean, I mean, did they like lose like one of the characters or something? Maybe I think think the cast is pretty much the same. It's like you know, I heard that Yellowstone's done, but they're going to continue to show on like with the ranch, but with just everybody except Kevin Costner, more or less. But they're still calling it Yellowstone, right? 
No, 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 they're changing they're the name. They're not? Name. They're changing it's the name, okay. Name. I think it's going to be called, like, Range but, six, six, 6 something. But this Bosch series has the same lead characters. I mean, it's Bosch and his daughter, you know? And it's like, I really don't understand it, quite frankly. Um, unless it's, Ron, unless maybe they're new world where early on, they thought maybe if they change a the name, maybe somebody would watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I never saw Vacation Friends 2, but on Hulu, um, the John Cena film with Lil Rel Howery. Um, Apparently, uh, looks like a lot of fun. I checked out the trailer. Um, I'm going to have to check it out, man. I think John Cena's Well, John Cena just playing John Cena for the most part in every one of his movies, he, doesn't he? Like the, he's just so great. I mean, he, I think Peacemaker is his number one best role to date. And he, he does really well in, in the comedy route. I mean, I know he's he's a big action star, but... Uh, yeah. But uh, definitely well, see, check I don't, I don't know like, see, I don't think he could be a serious big action star. I think he could, he's good at Peacemaker because he's... Like the goofy, like muscle guy. Yeah. Like the dumb, like goofy muscle guy. I think that's what. Yeah, he's and that and that he is, and he owns up to it. But um, he's great. He's he's fantastic in, in the roles that he does. Um, what else on Hulu? The Great uh, will not be returning for season four. That's Catherine the Great story. Um, I know they want a lot of money for that too, didn't they? Yeah, it was it Nicholas Holt is in it and um, um, Emma Fanning or whatever. Al Fanning, sorry, isn't it? Um, yeah. I never got into it, you know? Um, this is an interesting, it's kind of tied into Hulu FX, but uh, apparently Margot Robbie was apparently one of the um, leads to be considered for American Horror Story Asylum. Did you ever watch that second season of American Horror Story? Yeah. Apparently, I guess she was um, one of the front runners to be included in that series, but she ended up doing Wolf of Wall Street instead. And then was, it, was that the, the nun? The nun one? Yeah, um, that was the um, no. That's Coven. Asylum was the crazy house. The the mental. Oh, okay. The mental oh, house. Yeah. yeah. Was she, she wasn't going to be like the weird like woman that was in there. The, the I think she was. Woman. Sp- I think awesome. she was playing the nurse. I think the one that was actually Chloe Sauvignon's role. I think that was okay. the role that she was being considered for yeah, because um, i mean that would be like a really miscast thing if you used margaret robbie as like the penhead woman no it wasn't no that though yeah that would be ridiculous i mean because she's <laughs> fucking, fucking barbie man she's fucking one of the most beautiful women in hollywood my god but apparently the the casting director eric dawson opened about how uh, margaret robbie was almost cast in that second season of american horror so that would have changed the entire yeah. scope of it um let's see um is that done Adults? now, American Horror Story? No, they have a new season, um, I think, yeah. dropping soon with Kim Kardashian. I think the three oh, leads man. are Emma Roberts, Cara Develine, and Kim Kardashian. I just, I just not Evan understand. Peters because Evan Peters seems to be in every one of them too. I th- well, I think Evans was uh, she. He's not billed on it, but uh, you know he was still involved with Ryan Murphy's, you know, mm-hmm. monster, you know, which is a big hit for him, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to tune in, man. I have to check that out. Um, I mean, I stopped watching American Horror Story. Me too. The last, the last season I saw was 1984, which I did enjoy, and then I just kind of, I don't know. It, it's just, just, really it's just following the same formula all the time. It's just kind of like it's kind of run its course. You think it's run its course? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, the the bright side, it's an anthology, so you're not getting the same characters. Yeah, I know, but story. like it's the same type of story with like just different characters. So it's like okay. Different characters, different situations, I guess. But um, 
Um, so news on Rick and Morty. So Rick and Morty, we mentioned on BTB that um, they revealed at the San Diego Comic-Con that the new voice actors are soundalikes, but they just announced that Rick and Morty will be dropping on October 15th. Uh, and I am so curious to hear the new voice actors. I am so curious to because I mean, basically, do you know what it reminds me of? Do you remember like when Family Guy was making fun of the Muppets when they switched Kermit to Far Frog's voice? It reminds me yeah. of that. It's gonna remind you of that when you when you watch the new season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I personally, I think they, I feel that they should have waited until his trial until you know. But Did at the end of the day, something. I think. Didn't he get cleared of one of the charges or something? Or one That's of the things turned out to be. I'm not sure of. I'm not sure if he's clearing the charge. I mean, I, I don't know if all the stories are true because I mean, apparently he's been he has a history. But I thought one of the things he was cleared of. But I don't know. He was clear. Yeah, and if he was cleared of, but they're still firing the guy. I mean, it's like, I mean, if there's still other cases or other instances of 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 domestic violence that are you know. Then obviously yeah, they he keep should Ezra be Miller for the Flash, which could like I mean the Flash could have been good if they just replaced Ezra Miller. I think. I mean he did a good job, but I think it would have actually it, made money. It, it would have. It would. Well, I mean they they decided to release it because it was already shot and because they were changing the guard with Peter Gunn, not Peter Gunn, James Gunn, James Gunn. Peter Safran rather. I said that again before, didn't I? And screw up their names. So it just make no sense because they're they're already ending the chapter on on DC. Well, I know, but I mean, as so a why, just like, as why said, spend just... more money for a franchise? But, but why that's don't, yeah, ended. but he he went went into another universe. He could have had like the, another Barry Allen just take his place, mm, they, and then they just you're shot already too set much. for the next Barry Allen. They shot way too much for it to be considered. So I think it was a way for it to just you know go off into the sunset. All right, let's talk mm-hmm. Ahsoka. Woo! I'm so excited about Ahsoka, man. Paul, See, I know man. you might have a I know you might have a different opinion, but you told me before Ahsoka started that if Dave Filoni is involved, it will be good. But now you're telling I me. Thought it was... we... Okay, so now that you're telling me uh, before we start the show that you weren't so impressed. Now we're three episodes in of Ahsoka. Let's just talk a little bit about what we've seen so far. Basically, it's about the the hunt for for Grand Admiral Thrawn, and yeah. right now you have Ahsoka along with um, her team. You know, which is uh, includes Sabine Wren, uh, Hera Sadula, Huyang, the droid. I think first droid that has like a name yeah. and not a bunch of numbers, which I think is kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, versus. Um, well, they have Chopper too. Yes, exactly. And versus, um, I guess the rogue Jedi's, you know, um, which was Ray Stevenson and. Um, and the the other blonde hottie, I think her name's Hottie, right? Hottie, she's yeah. actually hot, but uh, <laughs> uh, she's. And then of course, um, a Mor- Morgan Elsbeth, um, who was uh, we saw in the Mandalorian. So it's back, basically, you know, yeah. the 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 conflict between the two of the two sides, and then of course both sides trying to find Grand Admiral Thrawn, which I'm sure we'll see. Within the next few episodes, I imagine we're going to see Thrawn soon. But I mean, so far, you know. I don't know. I guess maybe when they add Thrawn, it might get better. I don't know. It just kind of seemed like it was just kind of dragging a little bit. Do you think it's dragging a little bit? I mean, I don't know. I think three episode three dragged a little bit in the beginning. So we'll talk about the most recent episode, episode three. And, and then it kind of got a little nostalgic because then you had Ahsoka showing Sabine Wren um, some of the, um, you know, Taking the training of, of becoming a Jedi and using the Force, yeah. 
and doing the same thing that Obi-Wan was training Luke Skywalker. Remember when they had the helmet with the visor yeah. and he couldn't see anything. So I thought that was really cool. Um, kind of a pale homage to Star Wars, the original Star Wars film. So that was really cool. Um, and then we saw these giant space whales, um, <laughs> which uh, they were kind of freaky looking. We actually saw a little yeah. bit of that in the Mandalorian. I don't know if you remember that big Paul, they did mm-hmm. show the space whales a little bit, um, but um, they didn't really have too much of a, they're just cool to look at. And apparently they didn't, uh, they weren't pretty much usually like the big beasts are like ginormous threats, like they're in the Mandalorian, but they, yeah, they're they're really, there. They, they were just there the and very, and very peaceful <laughs> for sure. The whales um, got background pay for that role. Yeah. The whales got paid for background. Yes. Um, so it's pretty much that, you know, I mean, fight scene was pretty cool. We saw Ahsoka in space and, um, we saw, well, let's not forget about this masked, I guess, is he a Sith, um, Sith, uh, Lord like yourself, Darth Paul, this masked character? Well, I, I would, I would say like, he's either a Sith Lord or he might be like one of those, uh, Inquisitors. From, or could probably be an inquisitor. Like, he's probably an inquisitor more than a Sith Lord, to be honest. Yeah, with. that's what we're not sure what this particular uh, character is. Um, and apparently the the, the the character's name is Marok. I think that's what they're saying. Who has yeah. who has a distorted voice? Um, so that yeah, would be cool if they actually like takes the uh, make it um Darth Malak, who had his jaw cut off. Well, you know what? Those names are so close. Maybe yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, because remember, like, a the Secret Apprentice, like, well, not the Secret yeah. Apprentice, sorry. Like, what's his name? Uh, Kyle, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, shoot, now I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, but oh. one guy from the video game, you know, who I'm talking oh, about, right? Ezra Bridger. No, not Ezra oh, no, Bridger. No, 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 no. They're, they're the Old Republic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot his name too. Yeah. But, but he, he chopped off the jaw of this one character and that's why he had to distort his voice because he had a computer thing in there that's so it'd be cool if it's that character i have a feeling you're right man i think they're going that route because i mean that, that that's off. Out. and because dave filoni is writing you know he's gonna properly high in rebels star wars rebels he which he had a well, no, this wasn't from rebels you know? this was from the old republic game but it's possible like this guy could have oh, been like from, oh it's from the old republic game okay but is it the same timeline or similar timeline to um, yeah, it's, the Rebels? It's way back when, but then again, who knows? Like with Star Wars aging, okay. it's like, who knows? This guy could be like, um, he could be like Yoda. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, though, the, the cast is some of the most beautiful. <laughs> the actress that plays Sabine Wren is freaking gorgeous. And of course, we all love uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, who plays uh, Hera Sedula, you know? Um, yeah. And it's interesting. I see a lot of like Star Wars memes because for whatever reason, they like to show close ups of their butts. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> they had Sabine Red on her uh, her speeder and then they had like uh, Harrison Dula, you know, in, in that slow moving vehicle being shown around. And there was. See, I that's see what so happens when comic nerds write this, write the storyline. They're like, hey, we want a storyboard this way. Exactly. And then we saw Hera Sedula's son, Jason. She is a Twi'lek, and I guess the dad is human. Why the heck does the boy look human but just green hair? 
Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I, mean, I think it's like, hey, we don't we don't have the money to do the special. We don't have this money for the costume, so we're just gonna. I mean, well, apparently that's what he looked like in the Rebels animated series, but I don't remember I him mean, in the Rebels animated series. If but. you're half Quilek, I would say you would still have those tails, those, those, or at least uh, a head, little bit. We still have the head tails, but maybe yeah. you would have no like human skin. You wouldn't have the colored yeah. skin. Uh-huh. Yeah, and maybe have the green hair, you know. I don't know, and still have like human features. I, I just think it's really odd that this is the son of Harris and Dula, and yeah. you know. But going back to Huyang, not only does he have an American, or no, it's right, American name, an English name, and not a bunch of numbers. Um, what I think is great is that he's very snarky. You notice that he's like, yeah. he's kind of like an, he's kind of like, you know, a little bit of a, of a dick, <laughs> and very sarcastic, and it's like. It's you know, kind of like that one. What, what was that droid called from? Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, Red One. Kind of like that. Remember that he was oh, kind of so K two R K two S O. K two S O. Yeah, he's kind of like K two S O. So was he kind of the same way? He was I mean, kind of the I same think, way. Yeah. I think it's cool to have personalities in the uh, mm-hmm. among the uh, the Jedi, you know, and, and sorry, among the droids rather. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, the first three episodes, I mean, um. Overall, what did you think? I, I think it started strong. One episodes one and two were strong, but um, yeah, kind of the, as I said, it was just kind of like the last one just kind of dragged a little bit, and then the lightsaber three, fights and kind three of dragged like, a little yeah. bit. The, the, the lightsaber fights. Well, let's talk about the lightsaber fight at the end of episode one, Paul, because you brought this up. Mm-hmm. How Sabine Wren survived getting impaled by that lightsaber. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean. A lightsaber to any human. Now, granted, she is a Mandalorian, but she she didn't have her Mandalorian armor on. She had best armor. Right no, her best armor. Right. And she got impaled, which appeared to be directly through the torso, right? Which is yeah. very deadly. I mean, and that's what killed uh, Kylo Ren. I'm uh, not Kylo Ren. Uh, what's his name? Um, Qui Gon Jinn. Qui Gon Jinn, right? Is, is was it? He, a, he, he died the same way. And I mean, everyone would have died that way too, but everyone just faded away to nothing. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would be okay with it if she was like stabbed through like the shoulder or some somewhere yeah. that's not like, but to be stabbed through like the torso yeah, or you know, that. she shouldn't be. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's just yeah, and she's not a force wielding a person. I mean, mm-hmm. she is force sensitive, a little bit force sensitive yeah. because she's been trained. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, man. I think that was definitely dropped. They definitely dropped the ball on the consistency of the power of the lightsaber there, you know. So, um, but um, but yeah, but we have things to look forward to. I mean, of course, we're looking forward to Grand Admiral Thrawn. We're looking forward to yeah. Ezra, Ezra Bridger. I mean, I'll give it a chance. I mean, I'll watch it. But I mean, as I said, it's like yeah. this is going to have a good track record at all. Yeah, and we're also looking forward to hopefully some of our favorites from The Mandalorian. I imagine some of them because it's the same timeline, you know. Yeah. And and apparently the movie that Dave Filoni is going to be um, producing um, for Lucasfilm is in the timeline of The Mandalorian, where you're going to see a lot of those characters cross over, you know, which I think it's pretty smart. I think that's that will work uh, fairly well. Um, but why another interesting thing is that they talk, talked about Corellia, which is Han Solo's homeworld. You know, yeah. um, see, I, want, I wonder factory. if 
Yeah, secret fact. How, how, how old is he in this timeline? Would he be about the same age he is now? Or to be a little younger? Yeah, so he'll be a little younger. It takes so it's gonna be pretty much what they did with Luke Skywalker. They're gonna it's gonna be aged. Like oh come on! Five, I don't want another age you want. I mean, it's like five to ten years. Yeah, because well, because it's the same timeline as the Mandalorian, and yeah. of course we saw Luke in what season one at the end of season one. Well, what, again, the end of, what about oh, the, the kid to play down? So would he be too young looking? You think? You think? The, the, the Alden Ehrenreich version. Uh, Oh man, I'm not a big fan of it, but I mean, at least it's something. I mean, it's like it would it would tie in the solo movie well. Um, not sure how they would handle because Han Solo and Leia and Luke are alive and well in this timeline. You're absolutely right; they're they're alive and well. And Leia is I like mean, I, I, a think senator, I, would, right? I would just like recast actors. I mean, it's yeah. like it's cool to use the same actors, but it's like oh yeah, we saw um <laughs> Mon Mothma. We saw uh, yeah. Return. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to re- it's cool to reuse the actors if you can, but if you can, it's yeah. just just recast, and have somebody similar, give somebody else an opportunity to play the character. It's like it's cool to have yeah. uh, this original people do it, but it's like it would take a mess of budget to get Harrison Ford. Yeah. So just get somebody younger, kind of looks like Harrison Ford, kind of has the same acting chops, and do it that way. Well, like here's the Forever Phoenix and Young Indiana Jones. Just do it that way. Yeah, well, I'll tell you when when where where a CG would take would make more sense. So they had, like I said, they had Mothma come in, right? The actress that plays her, she she was brilliant in Andor, mm-hmm. and Andor takes place around not too far after the prequels, you know. So yeah. like, so it kind of she aged in the right way. But now we're talking thirty years no, actually, later. No, Andor, Andor? Took place before the prequels. No, no, wait, after prequels. It took no, place no, it's a, the, it was the after the prequels before the original Because he, he turned series, over right? the, the nice, yeah, he turned over the... Yeah, it was right before Rogue stuff. One, right, exactly. Yeah. Now, we're, we're talking a timeline right after Return of the Jedi, right? Mon Mothma looks exactly the same. She, yeah. She's supposed to be aged to look like the Mon Mothma in the original trilogy, right? And then, yeah. then I saw her on this, you saw the episode, right? The most recent episode of yeah. Ahsoka? They didn't age her to look um, yeah. the same age as she's supposed to be as old as as that actress that played my Mothma in the uh, original yeah. original trilogy, you know. So there was an inconsistency there, you know. But you know, at the same time, I, why can I complain? I mean, it's it's Star Wars. I mean, and I love the cast. Yeah. I think the cast is great. And and rest in peace, Ray Stevenson, because we're gonna miss him, man. We're not gonna see his. We don't know what's happening to his character, yeah. but. Whether this character survives the season or not, we're not going to see Ray Stevenson anymore. But sadly, he passed away. So it's it's a it's a fun series, man. I'm digging it, man. I'm digging it. So that includes Star Wars talk, of course. Um, Also on Disney uh, Plus is Doogie, the Doogie Howser spinoff called Doogie Hamaloha. (laughs) Apparently, that's been canceled after two. Did you hear about all the other stuff that's been canceled? There's probably a lot that, that's been canceled. Well, well, no. Recently, I heard I heard yesterday they canceled uh, Spiderwick Chronicles, even though it's already filmed. Oh, and they canceled, really? uh, and they they're shopping that around, and they're also shopping around. Uh, what what was the Nautilus? I think the thing that pre oh. the prequel to uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under Sea. So oh, both wow. those were completely filmed, and they're shopping around because they they don't want to. They're not going to air them. They're, they both got kind of canceled or right. whatever. Wow. Which well, is weird because if you already haven't filmed, why don't you just put them out? 
Well, this is crazy. Um, Unless they're just writing off, maybe. Well, speaking of shows being canceled, you hear about like CW's Nancy Drew. So apparently it aired its final episode last week and then apparently found out that they were not going to get another season as soon as the episode aired, which is oh, kind man. of like, yeah. And that's kind of hurtful. It's hurtful because, you know, you know, you didn't wrap up the storyline and I, and there's nothing well, worse. Look at the show I was on. My show got canceled before. Something yeah, was supposed to happen. I knew about it, and I was supposed to have a role in that. And it's like, okay, you're alluding to Outsiders. Never got... You might want to, you might want to reiterate to the listening audience what show that was. But okay. yes, you're talking yeah. Outsiders. But I mean, there was a storyline that was supposed to happen that just never happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Apparently, that they they got a random call around the time that they aired its last episode, and uh, I don't know. They apparently they just didn't really handle it well, you know. So. Um, let's see. Um, let's uh, hurry up to to wrestling and let's. Uh, Are we going to talk about that. wrestlers who got canceled? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I think happened I think I'm going to skip the. Well, I was going to talk about some celebrity gossip stuff, but. Uh, well, you know, we have a little. For uh, really quick, um, some celebrity gossip stuff includes Drew Barrymore. Apparently, she had a stalker. At an event at the, and I've been to this venue before. It's called 92nd Street Y. And it was about Renee Rapp, this lovely um, Broadway actress who was uh, in that show, Sex Lives of College Girls. She was promoting a new album. And as you know, a lot of the panels right now can't be about TV and film. Yeah. And Renee Rapp was promoting her album and talking about music. And Drew Barrymore was the um, moderator. So That's apparently. Cool. A guy from D.C., a stalker, apparently showed up to the event in the front row and oh, started just good. heckling and, you know, heckling the um, the event. And um, wait, wait, a second. Uh, so he's stalking her. Why wouldn't he try to be like from, I don't know, not heckle her? <laughs> That's not gonna yeah, the guy, well, the, the guy well, heckling and, and just whatever he's saying, basically, um, during the event. Well, if, he was, if he was saying stuff inappropriate, yeah, he's, that's not good. He was saying but, something I mean, appropriate to the at the event, yeah, and was and, and had had been uh, previously charged of stalking uh, in her village at the, where she lives in um, oh, Southampton. So, cool. so Drew Barrymore lives in Southampton and uh, looking – uh, in that area of Southampton in New York, and boot, well, she, was, she got a restraining order, and he's in jail now. I mean, yeah, no, he's got he definitely got the restraining order now, but apparently, you know, just said something during the panel, just something really just stupid, and uh, apparently, uh, Drew Barrymore was escorted off the stage uh, with the help of, of Renee Rapp, you know, um. And uh, he said, oh, this is what he said. Jesus is pretty, uh, pretty crazy. He said, you know who I am. I need to see you at some point while I'm in New York. He said that out loud during the panel. Yeah, that's not good. Talk about yeah, creepy. Yeah, he, so Renee that is crazy. stands up, walks in front of Drew Barrymore, puts her arm around her and walks her off the stage. So that's cool. um, um, let's see. Carl well, Santana. Shouldn't security be there, too, you would think? Security was there, I guess, and then they escorted just him. walked the guy out. They should have been like, uh, instead of her leaving, they should have made the guy leave. Yeah, yeah. They they actually they actually um they actually uh, a member of the security team removed him. 
He was in the yeah, front Yeah, but he should have been removed beforehand before like they removed her. They didn't. I guess they didn't. They don't know who this fucking guy is. You know, he, okay. I guess they didn't like. Apparently, this event is open to the public. You know, it wasn't okay. something that you. Yeah. So, anyways, um, apparently, Carlos Santana got in some hot, you know, hot water for insensitive comments he made uh, during a concert. Um, but you know, basically, he said on stage, "When God made you and me, before we came out of the womb." You know who you are and what you are later on when you grow out of it. You see things and start believing that you could be something that sounds good, but you know it ain't right. Oh, boy. He continued because a man, a woman is a woman and a man is a man. That's it. Whatever you want to do in the closet, that's your business. I'm okay with that. And then he got a lot of heat for it. And then he made a Facebook post and apologized that he's sorry for insensitive comments and they don't reflect the person that, that I am. You know, I want to honor and respect all persons, ideals, and beliefs. I realize what I said hurt people, and that was not my intent. I sincerely apologize to the transgender community and everyone I offended. So, okay, yeah, that was um, definitely a mistake <laughs> on, on Santana's part, the legend that he is. I mean, um, I mean, I, yeah, but one, what he believes, it's like, that's what he believes. It's like, you shouldn't have to apologize for what you I believe, I mean, whether it's he, good or bad. It's like, he wasn't like insulting him. He said, I respect what you do later on. It's like, I, I don't, I don't see a problem. Like he, if he yeah. flat out said, Hey, I don't like what, I don't like it. And that's, but he just said, I, Hey, I, I respect. But, 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 but to say that on stage at, at one of his concerts, I don't know if that was the right place to do it. You know, I, I mean, he was talking about God. That means he, he's religious. Yeah. So, it's like that, so that's a religious thing too. So it's like, yeah, I think it's got some beliefs. I, I mean, I, I don't think yeah. he meant to hurt anybody, but I don't think he does. He had to apologize for what he it's said. It didn't, seem like that. it didn't seem like it was hurtful. It wasn't yeah. like, Hey, this is the abomination or something. He didn't yeah. say that. He said, Hey, I respect what you do. Do you, do you live your life? I live my life. It's like, I don't exactly. see any harm in that. Yeah, we definitely got to move on to wrestling. But one more thing. Um, yes, uh, Trump indicted for the fo- fourth time. And, of course, his mugshot made the waves on the Internet, Big Paul, of course. Um, you know what? So many people are making so much money off that T-shirt on both sides. Because I mean, <laughs> on both about sides. It, it's remarkable on both sides. Because, like, they're, they're making fun of the fact he got indicted. And he's making money, raising money off his T-shirt. So it's like. And using it as a promotional tool. So it's like everybody's happy. It's funny I say everybody's happy because I, it, it's so funny. That particular meme I sent you, Big Paul, when Trump was the Joker and everybody in his entourage were different villains from Batman's rogues gallery. That was absolutely brilliant, dude. Oh my God. See, see I what that I, was great. I mean. See, I wonder what's going to do you think people are going to like when these charges turn out to be like looked into as being like a political thing? Do you think the it's going to change people's view of him or do you think it's going to because it's definitely a political thing at this because did you hear about when they want the trial to be? They want the trial to be right before uh, the election, uh, the the for, uh, for the primary. So it's like uh, that's done. oh, so that will like to be political. They'll interfere so the, with... the day before the primaries when the trial is supposed to be. So they're trying to inhibit his ability it's to his win the campaign, primary, which I think he's going right? to. I mean, if you look at the polls, he's like light years ahead. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's anybody who could catch him. I mean, yeah. I mean, some of these people, I mean, I think. Yeah, I think 
like even DeSantis is falling back. I mean, I think Ramaswamy's overtaken DeSantis at, at this point in time. Ramaswamy, you know, again, we're not a political show, but yeah, no, Ramaswamy spoke very eloquently, and he's a very good speaker. And, uh, I think like if, if I think if Trump convinced him, I don't know if he wants to be a vice president or not to be his vice president. I mean, I think oh, that's a slam yeah. dunk. Because Ramaswamy is going to keep him in line, which I think that's that what might be that might be a good move on his part, man. I don't know. You could, plus, you get the people of color um, yep. support, you know, for 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 um for him as yep. well. Yeah, that was an but, interesting. I mean, but, but the uh, thing is, they, they need to look into some of these other like things. It's just not interesting into, GOP like, debate, by the way. Thing. Interesting. It's just a GMP yeah. debate. Yeah, Ramos like, like, he didn't even hesitate. He just, like, went all in. Everybody else was ready to yeah. see what the crowd was going to do. <laughs> yeah. But my favorite and then, part of course, them. you could tell who the shells were. Like, I mean, you could tell, like, a certain ones were just saying what he, what they thought they <laughs> so, could get away with. I got to tell you the funniest part of that mugshot, Big Paul, was that Trump claimed that he was six foot three, two 215 pounds. And, oh, yeah, uh, he said it was 215. Right. There were, and there was a lot of like memes from that showing him next to Chris Hemsworth and all these yeah. like NFL athletes that are, that are 6'3", 215 pounds next to Trump's very unflattering photo, his stomach out and stuff. And uh, I think it's funny. Yeah, um, I, you know, here's a, here's a funny. Here's a funny just to troll people. I think. Oh, no, no. He's, Trump is so vain, Paul. You know, he's going to. So apparently he, he's um, vain, but I mean, I think he does it also to troll people because he's like, I'm going to just say this. I don't know, dude. I think he's like delusional. But basically, apparently it said Trump hadn't been 215 pounds since the Wharton School of Finance. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from the but, NBC News correspondent, Ken Delanian. Ah, <laughs> uh, so but, funny, I mean, man. honestly, like, would he like if he wasn't president and people didn't hate him for being president? Wouldn't he have been a great late night host? Because he's just like he's comical, just the way he. I mean, I mean, between the narcissism and like just the way he like says oh my God, stuff. He's to such people. a narcissist. I mean, he is such a but narcissist. I mean, he, he, well, I you know I'll, I'll tell you, man. I watched The Apprentice, and I was a fan of of Trump uh, during The Apprentice. I, I watched mm-hmm. the show, and I thought it was very entertaining. But the problem so, is, like, you have people who it's just. I think when he won. They didn't want him to win, and yeah. his his personality doesn't help him, but his policies no, I think are pretty good. Yeah. All right, but again, we're not a political show, Paul. So let's yeah. move on to our final segment of the night, guys, and that is WWE. So, okay, so Paul, we got to talk about this, man. Um, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that we've lost two huge names in the wrestling industry, and one. Of those two names is very, very shocking, and we shouldn't even be talking about him right now. But Bray Wyatt, whose real name is Wyndham Rotunda, you know, he's the son of WWE legend Mike Rotunda. He's the nephew of Barry Wyndham. He died last Thursday. He's also the brother of Bo Dallas. He's the brother of Bo Dallas. That's right. Bray Wyatt died at the age of 36. Um, And uh, it's so sad um, that so young and, and and a superstar that was so unique the top of his game um even his last match i mean against la Knight at the, at the royal rumble he still he still captivates the crowd man and he's just one of the more unique characters that the wwe has seen and paul he is gone man he is gone um paul you actually thought it was a hoax when i first texted you yeah i mean he was I saw 36 it. years old and it's like yeah. you wouldn't expect that 
because I was thinking that was maybe like an angle he was playing and be coming back yeah. from the dead, but it's like obviously it's not. I mean, it's so yeah, I, I sent you a Twitter link and it's from Triple H who basically said just receive a, fo- a phone call from Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, which was not correct because he's not a Hall of Famer yet. Um, he should be. Mike Rotunda yeah. should be a Hall of Famer. But basically, he inform- who informed us of the tragic news that WWE family member for life, Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt, unexpectedly passed away um earlier today and our thoughts and family our thoughts over this family we ask that everyone respect their privacy at this time um now um as you know um we we saw the last time we saw bray wyatt was in that royal rumble match with bray wyatt and it wasn't disclosed oh, you mean he was battling oh okay sorry um the last time we saw um Bray Wyatt was at the Royal Rumble. He wrestled LA Knight in his final match. And I guess he really kept it under wraps of what was going on, didn't he? We didn't know that that Bray Wyatt was actually actually had some serious health issues. Apparently, he had had, uh, contracted COVID. And he really had an existing heart issue. So the COVID Mm -hmm. exacerbated the heart issue. And supposedly, he had a heart um uh, what, defibrillator defibrillator i guess is what it's called the um well i didn't realize device. he had one of those yeah apparently went basically this is this is actually um news that uh it's a defibrillator um basically if you're wearing it it, it treats people that experience sudden cardiac arrest so apparently he when he was found when when you know when they called 911 and they they tried to um Temp CPR, um, he was not wearing the doctor recommended heart defibrillator. So this is uh, the latest on it. So they might have been a different situation, Paul. Had he been wearing that heart defibrillator, you know, um, I'm sure it's not comfortable. But I mean, if it would save your life, you should wear it. He should wear it. He should have been wearing it the whole time. Apparently, that 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 device was in the car or in the garage somewhere. That's where they found it, and. Sadly, he, he suffered a heart attack and he died, Paul. And it's um, man, it's it's just one of the saddest. Man. Yeah, and and what's sad is that we lost Brody Lee, and now two who 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 of four and half of the Wyatt family are now gone. Now we have Eric Redbeard and Braun Strowman, and you notice that were they were prominently featured on SmackDown in that um, you know, ten bell salute, you know um. You think they're going to bring Eric back? Because I mean, because Braun's not going to be back for a while with his surgery, so that's not a bad idea. I mean, it depends what you know. Wasn't he under contract with Impact? I think you know. It depends. It depends on you know. Yeah. What his contract? Well, I don't is, think so. the Impact contracts are like locked in because I think that they just take whoever they want from Impact. It seems like AEW and WWE do. So right. But it, it's very saddening, Paul. I mean, it he's, he's 36 but I mean, years old. Age, I mean, I didn't realize he was only 36. He must have started. Yeah. 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 He started very, very young. And, uh, man. and then, of course, just the day before Bray Wyatt passed away, Paul, Terry Funk, that's right. Yeah. He was middle-aged and crazy. He passed away at the age of 79. And I could see it was a little awkward to do a, a memorial for both on SmackDown yeah. because – Although Terry Funk is a legend and well respected, he did not know he, a lot of the he, he more, superstars. Yeah, he was you know? more like independent though, wasn't he? Like 
like I think he was big in Texas, like wrestling or something well, like yes, that. Yes, but if we're talking about the people on stage, the current superstars of the WWE, yeah, yeah, they nobody, didn't interact. I mean, anyone who interacted with him was maybe mankind, and like if if they had McFoley there, but I mean, maybe Cody Rhodes because of his father, maybe yeah. when he was younger, you know. But uh, and that's why Cody Rhodes did the uh, the um, you know the yeah. in memoriam segment, I guess, for Kerry Funk. But uh, we lost Kerry Funk as well, so. But that particular uh, Friday night's SmackDown was the biggest audience Fox has seen on SmackDown since 2020. Oh, so it kind of spiked it. And, you know, that was must-see TV, Paul. You know, after we heard of Bray Wyatt's die, everybody wanted to see. Oh, no, and as I said, it was just so unexpected, too, because, I mean, it's like the way he his, like, mind worked. Originally, yeah. you would think that would be a storyline, but it wasn't. Right. Yeah. Because he's well, so cryptic about stuff, and he's like about like. I haven't seen. I mean, yeah, it's but that's why. But there was definitely something wrong because he he was gone for a long, long time, so they they knew there was yeah. something wrong with him. But, but I mean, he had been gone since January, right after his match in uh for the at the Royal Rumble, yeah. Um, but let's talk about um, let's talk about the picks, man. So we got a big pay per view, payback, um, happening this Saturday. And um, it's only going to be me and, me and you doing the picks live, Paul. And uh, everybody Mike else and uh, Wes Wetlock will be sending in their picks. So let's go ahead okay. and run down the matches, Paul. What do you say? All right. All right. In the World Heavyweight Championship match, Seth Rollins defends against Shinsuke Nakamura. All right. Um, I don't think it's Shinsuke's time yet. As much as I would love to see him get the rub. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Seth Rollins for this one. Um, I see Shinsuke winning the championship down the road, but I I feel that Seth's gonna retain in this first match. I I don't see I don't see him dropping the the strap yet. And Paul, thinking on what you said in the past, I'm wondering if you're gonna go the way I'm thinking because of some movie commitment. But nonetheless, um, I'm picking Seth Rollins to retain. How about you, Paul? I'm actually doing the opposite with Shinsuke. I think Shinsuke really? was talking about hurting him. And I think there is a legitimate injury also with Seth Rollins right now. So I think he's going to try to. So something's going to happen. I think Shinsuke is going to hurt Seth Rollins. He's going to be out for a little while, whether it's a fake injury or real injury. I don't know. And he's going to film his thing. And then Rollins okay. is going to come back with a vengeance to take uh, Shinsuke out. Okay, so Shinsuke is going to win the title. Mm-hmm. Shinsuke is going to win the title, according to Big Paul. Okay. All right, moving on, moving on to the Women's World Championship. Rhea Ripley defending against Raquel Rodriguez. Go ahead, Paul. I would say it's got to be Rhea. I think they're going to try to give her. She, yeah. They're going to make her like the women's version of, South, of uh, what, uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> the Tribal Chief. So I think she's going to have it the entire time. Oh, Rhea Ripley would be the, like the wrong, long-running champion, you think? Long-running champion, yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening as well. Maybe holding the, the strap until WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Um, Rhea Ripley will retain against Raquel Rodriguez. I think they're gonna. I think I'm gonna keep the strap on Rhea to WrestleMania. And I think the I big think money. There's two big money matches, one-on-ones with um, Rhea Ripley. It's Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch, and Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Both matches have happened, but like in like 
different circumstances. I think the match with Bianca Belair was in NXT, was not on the main roster, so that would be like a first build-up. And then, of course, Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch, um, I think only happened in like a gauntlet type of match. Um, so so I, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that Rhea Ripley will retain as well. All right. Moving on. Oh, man, this, this is a tough one to predict. Okay, so Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus The Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Um, oh, this is a tough one, man. I, I think... I think we're, we're going to see the start of, of a Judgment Day implosion. Uh, uh, probably more so with Finn Balor and Damian Priest, because Damian has the Money in the Bank briefcase, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a feeling um, they want to kind of get into that storyline. So I see that the tag champions, if, if the Judgment Day had the tag titles, I don't think it would make sense with Damian Priest having also the Money in the Bank um, briefcase. So in that case, I'm I'm picking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to retain. Yeah, I I agree with you on that one. It's like I think that I think what's going to happen is something's going to happen. Somebody's going to screw something up. Kevin, I mean not Kevin, uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor are going to get in a fight, and you're right, they're going to implode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we agree I mean, on if that anything, one. They might kick, here's that's probably going to be Damian Priest that get, gets kicked out, and they're probably just going to go go with, with uh, Mysterio and Rhea, Rhea and Finn Balor. Yeah, I mean, I thought about Finn Balor, Damian Priest one, then all four of them would be champions, and that would be kind of a cool look, you know, for them to have. Yeah. So I was kind of like weighing on both of them, but I don't know. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn is kind of hot right now. They could. Have them Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn turn on each other, but I don't think it would happen now. I think if it would happen, it was good. it's going to happen closer to WrestleMania season. Yeah. So um, I still I still see them uh, holding on to the titles. All right, moving on to the United States Championship. So this one was the hardest one for me to predict, and um, I think I'm going to go a little different. Uh, I don't know. Like Ray's already been U.S. champion. I think Austin Theory w- winning the title back, and then my prediction is based on how hot LA Knight is. I think LA Knight is going to have a U.S. title run, and I think it will be more likely that LA Knight would defeat. You Austin mean Maryland LA Knight, right? <laughs> right, Hagerstown, Maryland, son. Yeah, I like I like it when they pronounce it Hagerstown, Maryland. Um, <laughs> But I think LA Knight, um, I can see him, I can see him and Austin Theory having a big feud and um leading up to I think the, what's the next major um pay-per-view? Is that Survivor Series? Survivor, Survivor Series, Series, right? Okay. Yeah. So unless you have pick, one of the, do they have anything going on in uh, Saudi Arabia anytime soon? I think they have a couple pay-per-views in between. But I, I have a feeling that LA Knight's gonna eventually win the u.s championship so i'm gonna i'm gonna predict the austin theory wins the title back from the stereo so that's my prediction how about you paul uh, I, I agree because i mean vince has austin theory as his chosen guy and he really likes austin theory and i think he's going to try to push him a little bit more especially with him having more power so you think austin theory is going to win back the united uh, states champion yes i think he is okay 
Actually, you know, I went first the 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 previous two times, so you're gonna go first for these last two. Uh, okay. All right, Big Paul, your pick for Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus steel cage match. Um, I know Trish is the heel, but I think they're gonna give it to her because this might be like her last run. Because I mean, really? she's okay. getting up there, and uh, and I think her heel persona is actually pretty good. So I, I think they're gonna give it to Trish, and then like the next pay per view. Becky's going to go out for revenge because like even if or maybe even like Trish might hurt Becky and Becky might have some time off so she could spend time with her husband yeah. if he's all filming. So, right. OK, but you're going to go with Trish. Final answer. I'll go with Trish, yes. OK. Well, every time I pick Becky Lynch, I lose, but I don't think I'm losing this time. I think I think Becky's going to win this time. Um, Trish um, won in their first encounter and then in their second encounter on Raw. I believe it was no contest. With yep. uh, some interference, right? So I, I think this is Becky's. I think this is the, the last um, of of those uh, of the feud, the last match of the feud. I don't know. I, I would push it to like WrestleMania because WrestleMania, it's like you have like the the past and no. the future. So it's like, yeah, I, I think that that, that that's a long. Matt, WrestleMania's a long time, and I think that feud cannot last all the way through WrestleMania. So well, no, yeah, but what if Trish hurts Becky and Becky's out for a while? Then Becky comes back for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Then, true. then that would work. That's one way of at it, Paul. But I'm still going with Becky Lynch because <laughs> I, okay. I I picked her so many times, and God damn it, I think she finally needs a wins. So. Becky, you better not let me down this time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I, she's got to win eventually, right? Okay. All right, Big Paul. The Miz versus Okay, if LA she doesn't Knight. win, you have to dye your hair orange like Becky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pick another place uh, on my body to die. <laughs> I body. don't want to see it. <laughs> All right, final match, Big Paul. The Miz versus LA Knight. The two loudmouths. The two two champions of the microphone. These guys are, There's, I mean, there's not many people better than the two of them on the mic, right? Yeah. Well, I think I think it's gonna have to be LA Knight because I think he's they're just gonna give him the momentum because he he's just been like just killing it as of recently. Yep, yep. Gotta agree with you, Paul. Yeah. And, and I think Paul. he like since the Miz tried to imitate him, I think he's gonna try to shut that Miz up. So yeah, and I think the Miz is is he's and he's a Maryland boy, so he has an advantage. <laughs> if you notice, also the Miz has been kind of just a good way to put people over. I, he's he hasn't had yeah. the best one lo- one win loss um yeah. um record. It's kind of been like a jobber as of late. He has, but he still has a prominent part in the company because he's mm-hmm. such a great talker. Yeah. I think he's kind of accepted that, you know. So with that being said, I think LA Knight's gonna win. And again, and actually, wait, wait, I just now thought about this. Too. When's his show start? Because doesn't he have? A, is he doing a show again this year or no? His oh, reality yeah, Miz, show. Miz, Mrs. Mrs. Yeah, he probably has. Because you figure, season. like, I mean, with the reality show is all going on, they might just be like, hey, yeah. he, he gets hurt, and then he'll just do his reality show for a little while and then come back. Yeah. But um, I, I think LA Knight's hot right now, and um, the the big money match is LA Knight versus uh, Austin Theory. Because you remember, mm-hmm. he he lost that qualifying match for the U.S. title, so now they can build mm-hmm. up for it. That's another reason I think mm-hmm. um, Raymond Theory is going to lose the title. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. All right, and then of course, um, talk just a little bit about AEW before wrapping up tonight's show. And of course, you had the big. Actually, think about interview. it. Think about Ray Mysterio. I wonder if like Dominic, like that would be a good way to start a bigger feud between Ray and Dominic, as if Dominic interferes and actually calls Ray to win. Well, yeah, I don't know. They're on different 
rosters right now. And I don't know, I know but I'm it, just saying that on pay per view, it doesn't matter because I mean, everybody's going to be. Yeah. It. Yeah. But let's move on, Paul. Let's talk a little bit of AEW. Mm-hmm. They have the all in pay per view 81,035 fans. Wow. 81K fans. That's a lot for the number two wrestling company right behind WWE. Well, the thing is, the thing is, it's uh, I think AEW's huge in Europe because I think that that's where it got its big start. Wasn't all in like in Europe? I think I think it started. Okay. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, started in Europe and then the second one I think was in in Vegas or vice versa. But I know it's huge in Europe. But um, they had record-breaking crowd. They saw um, England's own. Soraya, formerly Paige, uh, win yeah. the, um, the AEW Women's Championship. It's nice but, to see her wrestle again, because before she was just like a mouthpiece. Yes, exactly. It was good to see her back. And, and, and of course, uh, in a different light than her last in the WWE yeah. uh, when she was the victim of some fappening and uh, leaked yeah. um, sex videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, the, but the big talk about All In, let's be honest, Paul, was CM Punk and Jack Perry. So apparently there was an incident backstage before the show. I heard, two, and then, I heard two stories. Did you hear about what happened? Uh, and apparently like I, I watched a Jim Cornette podcast and it seemed like CM Punk might've been in the right. According to Jim Cornette. I don't know what this is. Like the way I heard it was like, it was something to do with like Jack Perry wanted to be thrown through a car window or something like that. And everybody right. in back was like, no, don't, don't do it. So they say, told CM Punk to go say something to them. And more or less Jack Perry said, said something to CM Punk and offended CM Punk. Just because of, of the window. Just, just because CM Punk was speaking for the higher ups to, to be like the, like outer voice in the room saying, this is not a good idea. You can get hurt really bad by doing this because they don't Dude, have fake. Yeah. If that's the case, then he is he is speaking in Jack Perry's best interest. And yes. if he's if he's if he's speaking in his best and interest, I, and I think the wise, asked him to do that. But I heard he was and, also pissed off that he like like apparently they then sent him a car or something, so he had to take the train to get there or yeah. something like that. So he wasn't a good I heard dude about anyway. That too. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah, but the AEW hasn't been. Do you think they intentionally just mistreated him? Well, they about? said, but yeah, apparently what happened was like, I heard this too. Like the guy who was in charge of booking, like the arrangements was yeah. friends with the young bucks. And the day after oh. like that happened, he lost his position as the chief transportation officer for AEW. So he might've been doing that for the young bucks, just like being like, Hey, I'm not going to book a car or something to pick him up. So he has to go. So, but, but I heard what happened today was like worse. Did you hear uh, about what happened today? No, Mug, please, please uh, go ahead. Okay, so what I heard happened today, I don't know if th- this is all speculation. This is just what I heard was apparently him and Tony Khan had a meeting and they like, CM Punk said, I quit. So, CM Punk okay, might so, not be. So, like, and they said, so, like, he wasn't even informed he was suspended. They said they went to his legal team. So, they, they didn't even call him up and tell tell him that so that, that so might I didn't, mean he, i didn't read that he quit the latest i had that there's a double suspension and it's yeah but i heard today he, quit, he actually had a meeting with tony khan and he got pissed off and said i quit because i think mm. what it is i think there's a lot of young pe- people who have egos there and i think he thinks he's it's part partly him too because he has an ego too but the young people trying to tell him what to do when he's yeah. he's the veteran it's like I think it was. He just is the veteran, and and Perry is just that. That's and he's also yeah. 
that's too over the top, man, dude. I mean, you could have some serious scarring and 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 that is yeah. I mean, apparently yeah. uh, Jack Perry said real real glass Crimea River, and which was a a clear yeah. shot at CM Punk during a pre-show mm-hmm. um match with Hook. So um, but yeah, the altercation did get physical, and apparently um. Apparently they said that Perry did not throw a punch and that Punk put him a Punk put him in a chokehold. Yeah. And there was like a shoving exchange that took place and that Punk. Well, the other thing I heard, I heard like they they did near Tony Khan and TV monitors fell on Tony Khan, so that wasn't. Yeah. It's funny because Mira was like pretending it didn't happen on his social media and saying no, well, no, well, it's not. Well, supposedly Mira, the CM Punk's friend, so that's yeah. that's why. They said like oh, the, the next phase, Miro actually showed up, like, was, was riding around with CM Punk in a car. So, oh, was was he acknowledged? Did he finally acknowledge that it, that 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 there there's definitely truth to the story? Because at first he was denying it happened. Well, I think yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think he's his friend, so I yeah. think he's gonna defend CM Punk, but it didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, think, I think there's just too much bad bad blood there. I mean, and CM yeah. Punk's attitude just isn't good either. But it's just, Dude, I honestly yeah. don't know. It's his fault this time. Maybe he's in the right this time, but yeah, he's had a pretty horrible attitude. Um, mm-hmm. especially that last. I mean, he was the the main cause of the last lo- locker room brawl last year, right? Yeah, it was was yeah because of CM Punk. So, anyways, Paul, we should wrap it up. And of course, we we end with the rest in pieces here on BTB. And of course, we already mentioned Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, but we also lost some other names in the entertainment world. Uh, rest in peace, Bob Barker, game show legend who has made some appearances in WWE. Um, as you know, he was he the host. Made a good appearance on Heavy, uh, Heavy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. And of course, he's the man behind The Price is Right. For yeah. so many years, he was the host of uh, of The Price is Right, the iconic game show. Yeah, and, it's not the um, same with Drew Carey. I mean, am I right? That just doesn't seem. I was never a huge um, Price is Right fan, but uh, I mean, you eventually have to have the torch pass, you know, especially when you reach a certain age. And, you know, and the torch has passed, you know, um, at the right time because, you know, he was at the. Yeah his twilight years and um they didn't do that with alex trebek alex trebek kept working till he passed away yep. uh, and then pat sajak finally is hang calling it quits you know well, i don't so, think i don't think it was his choice though i think they they pushed him out they think they pushed him out from controversial yeah. comments and associations mm-hmm. you think yeah mm-hmm. I don't know, but another, is he still local because i know he's he's a big orioles fan i don't know if he's I mean, maybe now now that he's retired, I'm sure he's maybe spending more time here, but actually, that would would be a cool guy to have as like a guest, uh, like (laughs) if you can can get Pat Sajak on the show, we would love to have him. We would absolutely. I don't know Pat Sajak personally. I mean, there there are people I know I can maybe get on, but I mean, it's like, um, um, and there's going to be a um, a tribute to Bob Barker, the Price is Right special, um, August 31st on CBS at 8 p.m. That'd be cool. So that'll be hosted by Drew Perry, the successor of um, Bob Barker. Mm-hmm. All right, we're we were um, off the air when a couple other big names passed away, including Mark Margolis from Breaking Bad. He sadly passed That's away crazy. after brief illness. We also lost Ron Cephas Jones from This Is Us. Um, he played the biological father of Sterling K. Brown's Randall Pearson character, and he actually got a Screen Actors Guild Award and two Emmys for that role. Oh, really? We lost 
Portia Parody, best known for her role as school teacher Alice Garvey on Little House on the Prairie. Rest in peace, Portia Parody. We lost Arlene Sorkin, who voiced Harley Quinn across the animated DC universe. Kind of a shock because um, she wasn't that old, was she? She was 67 years old. Okay, she was older than I thought she was. So she was, she was the initial. She was the initial voice of Harley Quinn, and then it was Tara Strong took over, right after, mm-hmm. after Arlene. Because I know Ar- yeah. Ar- Tara Strong did voice Harley Quinn in the animated series, but it was, just, I guess, the later seasons. Yeah, and I then know. I think on Justice League uh, Unlimited, I think they kind of okay. switched fully characters. Yeah, I wasn't sure what when uh, Tara Strong jumped in there, but uh, nonetheless, that's so it. Now you, have, uh, now you have Penny from uh, Big Mac Bang Theory doing the new Harley Quinn voice. She's phenomenal. I love her. <laughs> so good. Kelly love, Coco. love, love. Yeah, Kelly Cuoco is fantastic. That's a, that's a good fucking show, by the way. Are you watching? It is. Yeah, it's pretty I, good. I'm behind. I'm behind. I'm only on season two. I haven't got to season three yet. All right. Peter Isn't he Gonzalez? like this? The worst one has got to be the one from Gotham Knights. Is Gotham Knights not a good show? I mean, I watched those. I never, those. I never I, I was disappointed. In. Yeah, I think it was a, that show's already been canceled, so you can yeah. really cross that one out. All right, let's get through the rest of these real quick. Peter Gonzalez Falcon, actor from Texas who portrayed... Federico Fellini in Roma sadly passed away. Um, we also lost um, Nancy Frangioni, the soap star best known for role roles on Another World and All My Children. We lost Chris Peluso, Broadway star known for Mamma Mia and Wicked, died at the young age of forty. Wow, well, that's young. Not as young as Two actors, two young actors from Broadway passed away. Also, Clifton Oliver. Died at the age of forty-seven. Oh, died at the age of forty-seven from an undisclosed illness. So he was in The Lion King, portraying Simba in The Lion King, and its Las Vegas production. Holy smokes! Mm-hmm. We also lost Darren Kent, actor and director, best known for his performance on Game of Thrones, uh, season four. Um, he had that weird skin condition, so he kind of played that role. You might have recall a character with like a weird skin yeah. condition on uh, Game of Thrones. That was him. Um, Shelly Smith, supermodel turned actress, starred in The Associates and For Love and Honored, sadly passed away. Uh, Johnny Hardwick, comedian, voice actor, best known for his voiceover of Dale Gribble on King of the Hill, passed away. Robert Swan, veteran character actor, known for his roles in Hoosiers, The Untouchables, and Natural Born Killers. And DJ Casper, the creator of the Tacha Slide, you've heard it every birthday, wedding, bar mitzvah, um, mm-hmm. that uh, line dance uh, song, can't forget it. Um, sadly, um, DJ Casper passed away at the age of 58. He was only 58. That's it? No, I think you're Yeah, yeah, I'm young. And then there was a Bachelorette contestant, right? His name was Josh Cedar. Apparently, he had died young, but apparently it ended up being a hoax because somebody hacked into his Instagram account. So Josh Cedar is alive and well. He actually posted a new Instagram. They actually posted articles of his death because they had Didn't a, they do that with Shatner a couple times, too? Because I could have sworn like there was a couple times where Shatner died, and then it turned out that it was just hoaxes. Yeah, there's so many celebrity hoaxes, and this one got to the point where it was all the all on the legit oh, uh, news outlets. That's when it gets crazy. So there's a lot of celebrity hoaxes. I think there was one with like Ellen DeGeneres recently, but because they weren't able to confirm it, you know, 
by family or whatever, then they can't yeah, post okay. about it. This one was different because they hacked this Instagram account as family members. Oh and man, said so that we were sad to announce that. Dude, why would somebody do that? Isn't away. that just kind of awful? I mean, it's like it's an awful thing to do, and apparently they're doing an investigation on who that was. And of course, with death, we celebrate life. Paul, those celebrating a birthday today, Michael Chiklis from The Shield in the original Fantastic Four movie. Because he's got to be up there because he, he is old. sixty. He is sixty That's today. It? Yes, because he, he he looked old when he was on the commission back in the nineties, didn't he? Yes, happy birthday, Michael Chiklis. Yes, uh, he was also Mike, a, he, he's a Marvel alum too, isn't he? The original Fantastic Four movie. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Michelle from ER and Homicide Life on the Street is 57 today. Um, the amazing, the beautiful Cameron Diaz, one of my early crushes. Uh, she's 51. Is she retired from acting? She came back into acting for a Jamie Foxx movie, I believe, okay. and then that that had to halt due to his health issues. Okay. And apparently, they have to wrap up that film, but she did come back for that film. Yeah. She, she kind of picks her projects very carefully. Because yeah. I know her daughter is acting now too, isn't she? I don't know. I mean, her her daughter is very young. I thought, um, I thought she had that, a daughter that was acting. The one with the one with the uh, Joel Madden. Bro, oh, sorry, Benji Madden. She's she's married to Benji. Yeah, I think Madden. so. Joel. I think I think she's acting. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. Um, Lisa Ling from The View is fifty. Um. And I don't recognize any of these other names. So, yes, uh, those are birthdays today on August 30th. And, uh, wow, thank you so much. Wow, this is a great yeah. uh, fall season premiere of Below the Belt Show. It was uh, pretty much a two-and-a-half-man panel with uh, Nintendo Kenny Hopkins for the first half. And then, of course, myself and the Sith Lord, Darth Paul Wallace. I'm the Sith Lord. Covering the entire show, um, and of course, we should um, have a political sec- segment too sometime. <laughs> we we kind of did with the Trump thing, but we don't want to become the political show, right, Paul? No, but yeah. we have people from different views, so at least we could get like we do. Get the we do have people of different so views. I think that yes. would be really good, and especially with elections it, coming up. I think it already happens though. You think not? What about what about that, um, Mr. Dan Franco? He he was definitely not a fan of some of the things she said. Um, <laughs> Do you recall that? That Dan yeah. was uh, definitely probably on the other political side of the spectrum, on the opposite way, pretty extremely. And he, he, I could tell he was uncomfortable with some of the things. <laughs> uh, I just tell it how it is. I mean, that's what you have to do. You have to tell that's... people you, you can't hold back. I mean, it's like otherwise. <laughs> well, speaking of not holding back. I am so happy that Paul Walter Hauser talked to us on Blow the Belt Show. We were in the middle of the strike. I wasn't sure if I was going to get any interviews at all. And I got a great one with Paul Walter Hauser. And we talked a little bit uh, at the Chicago Fan Expo as I was already there for a family reunion. Got to check out the con. Below the Belt Show got approved. And I went uh, Sunday and did the interview with Paul Walter Hauser. We're closing tonight's show with that interview. And of course, Next week, my other two interviews from Chicago Fan Expo, big names, Paul. Barry Boswick from Rocky mm-hmm. Horror Picture Show and Mira Servino. Oh, that's Ooh. pretty good. Now, of course, Mira wouldn't really talk much about um, projects that were on strike, but talked about the causes that she's very mm-hmm. passionate fighting about, which is the Time's Up Me cool. movement. And of course, 
um, anti-child uh, trafficking, which she stars in Sound of Freedom, as you know. And because no, speaking of, the story, of that, that's something we haven't mentioned. You heard about that, right? Amazon won't uh, show like Amazon and both um, Netflix are won't they, allow Sound of Freedom are to they, be on. Are they having? Netflix are they having? Are they having problems finding a streaming deal with one of the streamers? Well, they, they, is that what it they is? both said they won't do it. They both said flat out they won't do it. I'm surprised Netflix, 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 Netflix tends to be very because they didn't cancel Dave Chappelle, you know, with all that. So yeah. you figured, but, but Amazon, figured, I mean, Amazon, you know, they, they would do it and they, they wouldn't allow that on there. But I mean, but I mean, I'm surprised that Netflix was against it too. I'm curious. Netflix had more. Netflix I mean, allowed cuties. It's like you allowed cuties on there, which has. You know, oh, that was childhood. that was disturbing. Yeah, that was disturbing. Yeah, I'm so sure they allowed that, but they won't allow a movie about child fighting child, child trafficking. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, let's see where it ends up. I'm curious which okay. streaming platform is gonna. But anyways, guys, it's I'll, getting you know, late I'm, here. Honestly, I, I could see being on Paramount. <laughs> it could be on Paramount. All right, guys, it is getting late. On behalf of myself, Darth Paul Wallace, Nintendo. Sith Lord, I'm Al Celebrity Soto, and of course, and my Star Wars name is Han Soto. Uh, ending tonight's show with our interview with Paul Walter Hauser. You know him as Stingray from Cobra Kai. You know him from Blackbird, from Black Klansman. My gosh, I Tanya, dude, has done an all incredible actor, dude, that I got to talk to on tonight's cool. program. Guys, we will see you next week. Until then, peace. All right, guys, we're here at Chicago Fan Expo with actor extraordinaire Paul Walter Hauser. Paul, how's your Fan Expo experience been so far? It has been awesome. Um, I love the city of Chicago. This is my second Fan Expo. I did one in Dallas a few months ago. And um, we always have a good time here. There's so many people that I'm a fan of also. So I, it's a treat for me to get to rub elbows with uh, somebody like a Vincent D'Onofrio or an Anthony Michael Hall. You know, these guys I've been watching for years. It's cool. Well, what particular fandoms would you love to work on that you haven't worked on yet? I know there's got to be a few. Fandoms meaning conventions or, or cities? Well, well uh, working a particular uh, Marvel show, oh, um, like film, yeah. yeah, all that good stuff. Star Wars. I, I would love to do uh, kind of a an alternative DC movie, the way Todd Phillips did Joker. Yeah. I'd love to do like a, a Penguin standalone movie kind of thing or something. That'd be kind of cool. Not to step on the brilliant Colin Farrell's toes. Right. I do like what he did. He's great. Uh, or, um, you know, it'd be fun to do something in the Star Wars universe. Um, I just think it'd be, it'd be cool to step into that. Uh, I don't know what I would play. But it'd be nice if he was a badass and not just some, like, weird alien guy tripping over his own two feet. You know? <laughs> Would you want to wield a, a lightsaber? Obviously. That's, <laughs> yeah, obviously. that's the only reason I became an actor. <laughs> sometimes the restaurant picks up the tab, yeah. and sometimes you get to hold a lightsaber. That's the only reason anyone acts. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on the success of your role in Blackbird. You have a, a Emmy Award-nominated... Uh, and uh, I guess the Emmys are pushed up a little bit, but congratulations, that's fantastic. Thanks, man. It's, uh, it's been a, a really fun journey, and uh, I've, I've gotten to do so many roles that are just, um, they're, they're just I, a, a wealth of blessings, an embarrassment of riches, they call it, right? Yeah. Um, it's, 
it's been amazing and uh, getting to play around with Taryn Edgerton and Sam Rockwell and Sebastian Stan I've had a lot of good dance partners in my career you know <laughs> right, at dance partners and karate partners. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Cobra Kai. We have one more final season. Unfortunately, I heard that the strike affected production of season six, but uh, is there anything you tell us about what, what can we expect in season six? I, uh, I'm not really sworn to secrecy. I just don't know anything. I genuinely, yeah. uh, I genuinely have no idea what they're doing in the final, uh, the final goodbye in that show, but I do know that um, I hope to return because I have yes. the time of my life getting yes. to don the little the little rat tail on the on the old chin cleft <laughs> and kick my leg in the air. Um, I will say this: I've worked with so many nice people throughout my career, and guys like um, guys like Billy Zabka and, and Ralph Macchio, yes. like they're they are some of my favorite people I've worked with. They're so sweet. They make me feel like I'm a part of their, you know, their family in that show, and, and we have a lot of fun. It's a, it's one of my favorite shows. Obviously, I'm representing Clearly. with the shirt. Yeah. Uh, what, what was a particular highlighted uh, moment or scene for you uh, in several seasons that you've appeared on Cobra Kai? I would just say that my favorite thing to do on that show is anytime I'm getting to kind of uh, get physical. You know, the fight in the hallway, the fight outside of the facility in the last season. That was that was fun. I'm just a very my heroes are guys like Chris Farley, who a bigger guy, but he knew how to move. I mean, he was doing cartwheels and and uh, spin spin wheel kicks and stuff. I mean, uh, I want to inhabit that kind of limber uh, sort of uh, hype exchange with with people in Cobra Kai. Um, I really. Hope somebody puts me in an action movie someday. That would be a joy. I would love to get to do something like Speed or Die Hard or something like that. Maybe yeah, cool. fast. The Fast franchise, maybe or <laughs> Mission I Impossible. Know, I don't know if I, I, know if I fit that world. The family. <laughs> I love. I love when Phil Hoffman played a villain in the at my yeah. movies. That was cool. Maybe I could do that. Yeah, fantastic. Because I've interviewed uh, several Cobra Kai actors. A lot of them did their own stunts and a lot of them did their own martial arts uh, moves. Uh, was that the case for you as well? Um, I always do my own stunts when, when the productions allow me to. Yes. Every once in a while they'll say, well, this is kind of risky or whatever, but I've, uh, I've, I've been doing my own stunts as often as possible. And sometimes I'll just add stuff and I'll be like, can we do such and such? And you know, Spike Lee let me do that in uh, a movie I did with him. And, yes. and sometimes on a uh, on the old uh, spiritual sequel to Karate Kid, I get to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, it's been fantastic. Now, what advice would you give uh, actors today uh, break it, to break into the business? Obviously, it's a very, very difficult business to make your living uh, right. in, in the entertainment industry. Do you have any advice for, for actors uh, out there? Um, <laughs> you know, I'll leave you with this. I think... There are some people that want to be famous, and there are some people that want to be actors or writers or dancers. And, and it is important to know which one you are. So if you want to be famous, it's uh, it's a different road than wanting to be good at uh, at some form of art thing. So uh, I would just say go out there and immerse yourself. Uh, 
don't think of yourself as being too good for a student film or a silly commercial or theater. Like you gotta, you gotta pay your dues. Everybody wants it tomorrow, but it's like, dude, if Denzel had to pay dues, you have to pay dues. If uh, I'm trying to think of another name reference, Amira Sorvino over there had yeah. to do had to pay dues, you have to pay dues. Even people who are uh, family or friends with people in the industry have to pay dues. And you felt you paid your dues? Oh yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. Wearing two pairs of socks, sleeping on the floor of a kitchen in Van Nuys in the month of January, eating nothing but bean and cheese burritos and peanut butter and jelly every day. That's that's some dude paying. Doing theater in front of forty people and not getting paid. That's that's dues. I love hearing success stories like that, Paul. That is amazing. Of course, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Bupkiss a little bit. I got to check out the premiere in New York City, which is a lot of fun. First time I got to hang out with you. Just got to say, I love Pete Davidson. Yes. And uh, I think he's a really sweet guy, really funny. And I, I don't think we've seen... I don't think we've I don't think we've scratched the surface of the things he's going to do in the industry. I look forward to seeing what he does. And we loved uh, your role. You played yourself. How similar would you say your character is playing yourself to the actual Paul Walter Hauser? Well, I'm sober, so that okay. version of Paul was not sober. Okay, that was a fictional version. <laughs> yeah, this is the slightly healthier, uh, more uh, mentally clarified, uh, happy version. Yeah, I love that. Well. Very, very cool. Appreciate it. Paul Walter Hauser, thank you so much uh, for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could, let us know who you are, and you're on Below the Belt Show. Okay. Hey, everybody. My name's Paul Hauser. You've seen me in Itania, Black Klansman, Black Bird, a bunch of stuff. And uh, I am on the Below the Belt Show. I hope you're watching. Nice. I love it. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.